we're pretty fortunate in this real estate world in Greater Vancouver that like we've had a lot of good years and it doesn't seem like it's gonna <laughs> stop even if it slows for a short period of time. That's kind of nice. When but like when you get really busy and you start making money, you value your time so much more oh. than like a paycheck, eh? Oh, I know. It's wild. I know. It's weird. Every year it like it doesn't make sense because like I thought I'd value money so much better. Yeah. Making more money, but then I realized mm, I don't. Yeah. I do, but I don't. I just want to be free. <laughs> I don't know if it's the right pursuit. Like when I got into real estate, my goal was, I don't know if I said this to you before, but like my goal was to make $100,000 a year. Yeah. I never made $100,000 a year. Me I was like, yeah. let's try to make $100,000 a year. <laughs> and then basically at that point, I'm 24. I'm like, I'm essentially a billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like three years older than you. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you're in your 30s now, so I'm not. <laughs> How old are you? 28. Okay, so when's your birthday? February 18th. So I'm five years older than you. Almost 30, so it's downhill from here. Woo. Honestly, the last three years of my life have been the best, though. Same. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, like, coming into the industry, it was pretty money-focused. I wanted to work as hard as I could mm -hmm. and make as much as I could so that I could, like, do other shit, right? Yeah. Invest in real estate, buy a house. Like I I lived in a one bedroom condo that I owned at the time, but like look at what you got now. It's steady <laughs> progress. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's fun, man. It's it's a fun journey and it's fun to see how the priorities shift uh -huh. through that. For me, it's an, um, almost nine years now. Yeah. I'm coming on six this year. Six, yeah. Yeah. And like, yo, know, it's just quick too. Once you start realizing I can't, holy fuck. <laughs> I, what am I doing? Like, yeah. I have no time. You're working 18 hours a day, seven days a week, and, like, you got assistance and people doing everything for you, and you're still working 14, 15-hour days. It's like, no, no. And then you just freed up. I don't know. I got an assistant this year, and, like, I have time to do things now, which is kind of weird. <laughs> Did you ever go away in your first year? I had I, 400 days nonstop door knocking. That's how I started. That's that like, we go back to podcast episodes I wonder for if that's me. a record. Yeah, it was like 400 and like, I can't remember, I have, the, I have the date in my calendar somewhere. It was over 400 days without a single day off, not even Christmas. I, mean, I had a client make me see shit on Christmas. And I was like, man, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't got a family, I didn't. I had my mom and my sister, which already wasn't in real estate at this point. And like, I just hustled and hustled and hustled and then I burnt out. And then I took a day off. <laughs> Much deserved, it sounds <laughs> When like. my body made me. <laughs> but now I just came back from a three, almost three week road trip. I did not work once, so now I'm catching up. I had a young person ask me the other day, roughly what should I expect when I'm cold calling or door knocking? How many out of 100 should I be expecting? And so you, I think you would be the perfect person to answer that. One. Yeah. <laughs> none, actually. I expect none. I just expect some time, some way, or some will. Like, I don't know. I, I, I did a lot, and I got nothing in the beginning door knocking. I didn't mm -hmm. know what I was doing. Like, I don't even want to know how many I door knocked in the very beginning without getting a single yes, because it went like weeks <laughs> of eight hours every day. Well, that's the thing, right? It could be, it could be like four hundred in a row that say no, and then yeah. it could be one yes that turns into six deals. Right? So I actually just taught an agent how to door knock in Fresno. So on my road trip, I made stops in places to see friends who are realtors, and I was like, "Hey, like, I want to pay for this trip." I'm like. 
I want to refer for you. Do you want to learn how to door knock? And she's like, hell yeah, one of my good friends. So I drove down, met her in Fresno. I'm like, okay, I need to prepare this. Get a neighborhood that you just, just listed in or just sold. And like, I want to see how my script works when I'm a noob into the market, just fresh in an area I've never been in. And we went out. It was like 38 degrees, like, whew, way too hot. <laughs> and we door knocked for about an hour and 10 minutes. And we got two solid leads around there, just using the script I just made up from her listing and taught her it. And like the first one we, we door knock, it was like door number 13 or 14. And this guy's like, and their commissions are high, right? So I was like, okay, they make double the commission. It's in US dollars. I'll take 40% and I'll make what I would make if I sold that place at 800K. I would make that much money as a referral if she just does all the work. So I was like, this is a cool business idea. <laughs> so we get this lead and he's like 800K sale. And he's like, yeah, I want out. I want to go in the next two months. Do you want to help me sell? And she's just like, Holy fuck, it's that easy? I'm like, it's that easy. <laughs> and then the next door neighbor, we knock it. And like, I'm saying it and the lady's like, I hate this house. Everything's breaking. I'm like, do you want to sell? She's like, yeah, I do. Then I'm like, what's your name? She says her name. And my friend is like, you taught me tap dance. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, Erica, how are you? And then they instant connection and she's going to get both the listings. Is Erica younger into the business? Like She's newer? like 10, 12 years in. She's like, okay. Yeah. She just was ready to like do something more. Yeah. Like agents get to that point where they're sick of like what they're doing and like they're just complacent and selling X amount, like 10 a year, 15 a year. And they just do that every year, year after year after year. And then like they just want to do more. Right. And like, yeah, it was kind of like, I mean, we've all, I think we've all been there. I don't know. You've had pretty steady growth year over year. I mean, you hustle your ass off. I'll share that. But first of all, any young agents out there? that think they're working hard, that think they are a prospecting machine. Walker, door knock, 420 days in a row. He even does it in other fucking countries. Yeah. And I still, I kept going back to door knocking. I stopped for like two <laughs> years. And like me and my sister, we're getting our whole new business plan. We're rebranding. And like, it's like all around door knocking. Like we have a door knocking course. We just talked to, Ke my sister's talked to Keller Williams International. Like my door knocking course that I created, well, in my head, that she put down on paper because she uh, she knows how to teach. And then she just taught it to like, I don't know how many people showed up, but I'll have to tell, ask her. But yeah, no. And then I went and taught an agent. Yeah, it's fun. Door knocking, it's the shit. What is the one hurdle that people should get over in terms of themselves? door knocking? Like people are just scared. Just scared to... Get yelled at. It's fun. I love it. Oh my God, it's my favorite. <laughs> and you don't even get yelled at. Like, I mean, one in maybe like 400 doors is rude. People are, can I say that? Yeah. Okay, people are pussies and they're not going to, 90% of people will not scream in your face. I got more yells when I was doing cold calling yeah. than I did door knocking because people are wimps. They're not going to scream at you aggressively in, the fa in your face. Right? They'll slam a door. That's it. But most people don't have the balls to yell at you. What is your go-to script? Is it saying, are you like, is it very blunt sales? -y? Saying, do, are you thinking about selling your house? No, it's basically. Hi, my name is Walker. I'm a local realtor with Keller Williams Realty, Van Central. We just sold a, your neighbor down the road, one two three Main Street, and I just wanted to know when do you plan on making a move? And then silence. That's like the gist of it. Normally, we'll if we get a listing, but. We'll say like, hey, we just listed this house down the road. Yeah. Do you have any friends or family while looking to make a move that you may want to be your neighbor? And then they say, no. Like, what about you? When do you plan on making the move? Never yes or no. That was my key that like that switched 
with just that one little thing, that little one little sentence I said, and from a yes and no to like an open question, yeah, that completely transformed my door knocking. Like, I got nothing before that. When I added that in, it was just like deal after deal after deal after deal, and I still get deals for my door knocking. <laughs> like I just closed one in Poco that I met five and a half years ago door knocking. Like, I he didn't have a cell phone, nothing. I just kept call, like going to his house and seeing him for like every three months, every quarter. Waiting for him to list. <laughs> what does your follow-up system look like? Where do you keep track of this, like, one guy? <laughs> no, that cannot be true. <laughs> no way. I don't use our CRM. My sister gets mad at me for it. Everything's in my head. And it's really bad. And I'm, I'll just like, oh, fuck. I got to call this guy. And I'll call him. And then, like, I don't know. It's not all of it, but 90% in my head. And it's really bad. And I know I'd have probably 10 times the deals if it wasn't, but yeah, it's, it's, it's mostly in my head. We have it. We have it there now. We have an assistant doing that for me, like our touch points, our cards, like our emails, like every every little touch point happens with her because I am useless at that. I'm here to like make the deal, and that's it. Like I just need the deals brought to me. I close them, <laughs> and like I'll door knock and find them, and then I'll just have my assistant do it all. We're gonna hire more assistants so we can just be pros prospecting. You didn't even have like spreadsheets or anything. Nothing. No. Literally nothing. I have, we have our CRM with Keller Williams command. I've logged in <laughs> once in the last year. I couldn't remember the password. <laughs> Just get in. And my sister doesn't understand it either. Don't worry. She's like, how the fuck do you do business? And I'm like, I do business very well. Thank you. We had a door knocking app, but it got too expensive. So I got rid of it. Assholes. It went up like 500 times the price. So I was like, you know what? We don't need that. <laughs> yeah. It's, we moved to Oakland this year, yeah. January 1st, so it's been 10 months almost. And I've logged into that program one time. <laughs> it asked me to set up my profile with too many questions, and I just exited so, it and said, Rachel, just let me know if there's anything you need from me. <laughs> and she does it all. <laughs> That's the way to do it. It's I'm, too much, man. I'm not that kind of person. I'm here to sell houses. I'm not here to fuck around in the CRM. This is not what I do. Like, I'm used to, I'm young, but I don't know computers. I can't set shit up. If I if can, gets, sorry. If I can save you some time, we tried out probably five. We researched a dozen, but we probably tried out four or five CRMs over the last five years, and all of them suck. So if you are a CRM programmer, make some good shit for real estate. Please, real estate and don't is make totally it five thousand dollars a month. <laughs> some of them are ridiculous, but none of them are focused on people like us, right? Our attention span for tedious bullshit is 0.1%, right? Yeah. It's, we'll take two minutes. Literally, I signed in to this program. It asked me three questions and I was bored, so I left. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was it, right? Yeah. Real estate, need, we need to know contact information, oh. sales, <laughs> and like keep track of when possessions and stuff like that yeah. are. Oh, but it's very simple. It's we, so simple. And also, realtors, put your damn phone number on the list. If I have to call your office <laughs> to find your shit, like that's another, I'm just, oh, I won't want to show the list. It's like, I call, I'm trying to get a hold of an agent and it's like, hey, this I'm like, oh, Remax. I'm like, I got, I got to call your agent. You got an open house that ends in 15 minutes. And like, I want to know if it's still even available. Like, I, I want to get there. I want to be 10 minutes late. <laughs> I, I found that doesn't happen as often anymore. It does. But when we started, like five, six, seven years ago, when we started, it was so common, Carl, and it was impossible to get a hold of some people. And you'd call their office to be like Remax one one eight hundred number bullshit. Be like, hey, I'm looking for John Smith, and they'd be like, 
oh yeah, we can leave a message with his office. And I'm like, no, I need to talk to John now. You need to give me his phone, his cell phone number. And they'll make up some excuse or something and be like, I need to write an offer immediately. I need John Smith's phone number now. And then they would give it to you. Yeah. But it was so hard to get a cell phone number for some reason. I don't know. If you are a seller, <laughs> that's one of the questions you should be asking your realtors is yeah. like, how do other realtors get a hold of you? I agree. And if it's, uh, they get my email, they got my phone number, I answer my phone 24-7. Perfect. That's a good person to hire. If it is, they're going to get my office number and I'm going to return their call in seven to 10 business days. Yeah. Also, it's if you're a, agent, if you not, text them and don't respond and like, I mean, all I know is agents, we're always on our phones, okay? We don't have, like, I respond to my texts like, it's scary sometimes how fast. My clients are like, whoa. And I'm like, hey, what? <laughs> you texted me. Like, sorry, I responded instantly. Like, is that bad? <laughs> like, I don't have any. I always talk to my team about this. And so interesting questions to ask you is like, what is your standard in your head? What do you think you should reply to an email to? What do you think you should reply to a text to? An email within 24 hours and a text instantly. Okay. If I'm on my phone. With the 24, like within the next business day, the email, I have an email I got to respond to actually. Thank you for that. That was yesterday, but I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> but I mean, I think text, not instantly, but like when you're available with a text, like outside of like 9 p.m. later, I don't. Yeah. And then an email, I think like within the next business day. Yeah. Unless think- it's an offer and it's time, like you need time to like, you need to look at it ASAP. Sure. I think there's different levels, obviously. So someone saying, hey, we're thinking of selling our home. Uh me and my husband would like you to come over and have a look at our home, like 25 seconds oh, immediately, yeah. right? Like if they waited well, 24 lead, hours, right? I, I can't tell you how many times in my career we've got like, cause our online lead gen is very good. And so we get a lot of people that are just like Googling mm-hmm. Tri-Cities Realtor, Newest Realtor, whatever. And they're finding us with like a few other realtors and they're emailing saying, hey, we're thinking about selling our home. Can somebody contact me to discuss? And I can't tell you how many times like I've emailed immediately and their re- reaction is, wow. Yeah. I contacted somebody yesterday. I haven't heard back from yet. You contacted uh-huh. me right away. I Boom. We win. That. I got a story about we that. We win. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's so it's easy. It's that simple. It's so easy. I have a, like a crazy thing. So I had a lead. Remember that penthouse I listed in, um, in well, maybe not, but I did that crazy video for like the Embrace what? the Rain one. What city? In downtown. Okay. And so I had a lead, like, email me. It was, like, 1130 at night. And he was, like, hey, I want to see it tomorrow. And I was a short notice. And I called him. And he was, like, whoa. He declined the call. He texted me. He's, like, did I just email you? And I'm, like, yeah. He's, like, I just emailed you. And he called me back. And he's, like, are you on your – I'm, like, no. I'm, like, you wanted to see it tomorrow. I just letting you know. It's vacant. It. Meet me there at, like, 11 a.m. I meet him there. And he's a very high net worth individual. And it's the person we were talking about before this with the wine, them. And they were just like, we were so impressed that we're wanting to use you as a realtor. And they bought like a $2.8 million condo from me, like two, a week and a half later. <laughs> just because how fast I responded to his email with a call. Like, because I was like, mm, this guy wants to come see my penthouse. He's obviously legit and instant. And I got the lead. I got the client. And we bought it was my biggest sale, well, biggest condo sale. Ever. <laughs> this might be a tough question to answer, but I think about it often. And ter- like, <clears throat> we now have a team. There's four other realtors on our mm-hmm. team. 
<clears throat> when we're bringing on new people, we're always trying to like figure out what's the right personality that's going to fit with this group. What's the right personality that's going to fit with our typical like clients that we have? What's the right personality that is going to be able to start from zero, have a lot of failure in the first 24 months because mm-hmm. it's a really hard business to get into, but use that as motivation to get better and like grow. Yeah. Do you think some people, do you think people can be a good realtor? Good meaning like successful. Good does not mean selling five homes a year. Good meaning like successful. If they're not money motivated. Um, no. I know. I keep coming back to that. I don't think so. And it's it's <clears throat> because you have to be in the beginning because you wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't motivated by money. Like I couldn't, like it was, it's fucking hell. Like your first, I'd say four years, like I'm only six years in and like, I'm really just starting to get to the point where I can chill. And if I wasn't motivated by money, I sure as hell wouldn't be doing this business because I make a lot of money, but I don't know where it is. Now I do, but I don't know where it went. Like, how does someone spend that much money? I was, I made like 10 grand a year growing up, my mom. Now I'm making 200 grand a year. And I was like, where did it go? <laughs> mm, I don't have any real estate I do now, but it just keeps getting reinvested back in. You got to want more. Like 100 grand a year isn't a lot in the lower mainland. 150 grand a year isn't a lot in the lower mainland. Right. And like, we don't make that giant commissions. Like the people think we do. I mean, yeah, it's a lot, but you know, it's not in the grand scheme of things for the droughts we go through as realtors, unless we're constantly hustling and trying to find the next deal to make more money. The reason I bring it up is because you said you answered that client's email at 1130 PM or whatever time. And what's your motivation to answer that email as you're falling asleep? Are you watching that? Like if you're not, motivated to make money and totally but if you're not if you're a lifestyle person you're not gonna you're shutting your phone off at six yeah you're watching netflix with your spouse or whatever some people can do that that works for some it depends on their business but like i mean because i know there's lots of realtors that do that right it all depends on how they get their clients and like i just that's how i get mine but do any do that that are like selling 40 50 homes a year i don't know I think only when you're established, like when you're in your forties and you've been working for 20 years yeah. aggressively, like you are right now. I'm not working that aggressively, you know, well, <laughs> like, I am for the first well, five yeah. years, let's say you get to a point where you've proven yourself. You've exactly. built up enough relationships that are actively yeah. referring you clients. You've built up enough database that are coming back to you every four or five years as they're moving or investing exactly. or whatever. And then you can kind of like take a step back from the yep. door knocking or whatever. Yeah. But to begin, I just, I don't, I think it's a losing formula. I agree. I, think I, I mean, I would, I've done it before too, where I step back and I'm like, whoop. <laughs> and then I'm like, crap, crap, crap. I need to hustle again. Right. So the, the fine balance yeah. people need to find. I think it's a hard part too, especially when you're an overworker like us. Yeah. We'll go and go and go and go and go and go until we can't. I don't know if you did that in your first few years, but. I did it for probably 36 months. Yeah. Through three years. Yeah. And it's not sustainable. Like I hated the industry after like two years in, like I was like broken completely from it. Even making 250 K a year. I just couldn't do it. Cause like I was not sustainable to my mental health, physical health, like emotional health, anything. Right. Cause like I would chase the bag too much. And then I became, I always have been client focused, but I mean, I just started like understanding that my clients come first, right? And just putting them first and knowing that if he emailed me at 1130 at night, he's up and thinking real estate, 
right? So that's the good time to catch them. That's when they're, they want to talk real estate. They want to talk to you because he's emailing me. And like, that's just how I looked at it and how I still look at it. It's a bit of an awkward thing to talk about, right? Because it sounds like, it sounds like a very selfish mindset, especially in a customer service industry where the way you treat people is going to result in you doing better or worse. Yeah. And so if, if you're expressing yourself as I care about the paycheck, but I think about it so differently that like, yes, I would like to be financially free in my entire life. Yeah. What does that number look like? I have no clue. I'm, tr I'm trying to figure it out as I go. Yeah. But the fact that I want to be financially free is forcing my customer service to be way better so that people exactly. never leave me and they refer their friends to me and exactly. they absolutely love me. Exactly. And, and that's where you become, can actually comp break out a little bit and like not have to hustle so hard because yeah. you've got it kind of working because of how you treat people, right? You just treat people so good that they come back. It's simple. Such a weird industry. I know. It's so much fun. Like you, you said something earlier about like, what was your first year like? My first year was very, I don't know if I've ever told you this. First year was a grind, man. I did everything and anything. I wasn't very outgoing. So like door knocking and cold calling were very challenging for me and I did not feel comfortable or confident doing them, but I did it. How old were you in your first year? You know 24. Yeah. So I probably was not very successful at those couple things because of my confidence level. I'm someone who needs to work harder than other people to know that I know a ton of information. Mm -hmm. And then I build a lot of confidence off of knowing all that information. Yeah. So now that I'm nine years in, I did a fuck ton of transactions. I know a lot about this world. Yeah. My confidence is very easy to see, I think, from client's oh, perspective. Yeah. But seven years ago, it was not. Mm -hmm. So year one was tough. It was uh, a lot of following Jamie around, sitting in his backseat, just listening. Yeah. I really learn best probably by observing yeah. and being in that moment rather than reading. Like for well, me, the real estate course doesn't teach you anything oh, either. Bullshit. That's bullshit. <laughs> that aside, yeah. continue. <laughs> but I had, I had this really lucky opportunity to see someone who's top 1% selling 50, 60 places yeah. a year and just get to watch and listen to all the conversations. So I absorbed a lot that way. But the first year was really tough, man. It was, I was working at a bank before I got in. Mm -hmm. So I was making $14.83 an hour. <laughs> yeah. I, every, every two weeks as I got my paycheck, my net worth was going down. Yep. Because <laughs> my mortgage was like $1,000 at the time. My biweekly paychecks were like $827. <laughs> so subtract strata fees, property taxes, food. And I'm in the negative every month. So it was pretty uh, intimidating. <laughs> And I, I knew I always wanted to work for myself, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do and always had like an interest in real estate. So I just mm -hmm. called Jamie who I used to buy my condo oh. two or three years before and said, Hey, I signed up for the real estate course last night. I'm quitting my job tomorrow. <laughs> do you have any advice? Like, can you help me? Don't quit it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, he's like, just get through the course as quickly as you can. So I did. I think you can submit or back then anyway, you could submit two, two, assignments, two every assignments every week. week. Yep. That's the same with me. So I was like, bam, bam, bam. Cause I so did the same thing. I quit my job and I was like, fuck, we can't start yet. <laughs> I know. So it took 10 weeks yep. and then you can't sign up for the exam until you submit the, or pass the 20th test or yep. online assignment. And then so sign up for the exam. So I think it was like two and a half months from, from like sign up to 
pass exam. Yeah. And then you got and other then courses it was like a to do. <laughs> and as soon as I passed the, no, I quit the job actually before I passed the exam. So that was a bit risky, but. I did the same good thing. thing. I studied. I didn't, I, I didn't realize that when you finished the exam, you still got like that other course to do. And I, I was like, shit, I can't sell yet. It's like, fuck, I can't go back to my job. That's embarrassing. I told him I'd be a millionaire in like 10 years. So I'm like, I can't go back. <laughs> Took me three months for my first, to like subject removed on my first deal. Five months for the first paycheck. How'd that feel? Um, what was it? Do you remember the address? A little bit validating. I don't remember the address, but I remember the exact house. It was a blue. How much did it go for? Do you remember two that? Two story. Yeah. You remember how much your first commission check in was Delta. almost? Yeah. It was uh, 585000 in Delta in 2014. Yep. Single family home that's probably worth one point. Four, 1. 1.3 yeah. now and my first commission check i think was like 4600 bucks yeah after like the split with jamie yeah <clears throat> you're like woo i'm rich <laughs> i know it's interesting though because it, at that time working like with a partner and splitting commission checks 4600 dollars was like one of my highest commissions that entire year <laughs> <laughs> so my first year i ended with doing 17 transactions yeah. but it took three months for the first one and at the end of that year, I think my pay stub was fifty grand, which was slightly higher than the bank, but quite a bit less than like bartending the previous year, and uh, basically broke even in terms of like what I spent on marketing. Uh, I had bought a new car because I was so embarrassed driving my two door Chevy around, <laughs> picking up clients. Because those were the days where you would like pick clients up and drive them I around. I was 2016 when I started. I had my Honda Civic that got T-boned and I'm picking clients up and like reef open the passenger door. I'm like, hey, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Can't get in now because the fucking door is broken, but you can sit in the back. Yeah. <laughs> so I would have to fold seats down for people to get in the back, right? And I was so embarrassed about that. So half the time I had, I had uh, buyer tours, I would call Jamie that morning and be like, hey, what are you doing from uh, 2.30 to 7? <laughs> He's like, uh, I don't know, whatever, whatever. He didn't have any appointments. I was like, sweet, I'm taking your car. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd go to his house, leave my car, leave him the key if he needed to run off somewhere and take his car because he had a four-door Camry, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was a big Way step up that. from what I had. Yeah. Oh, man. So I bought a new car that year. So... By the end what of the year. What did you buy? Did you go like me and buy a Range Rover? So I was, this is, it's funny, man. I was in the dealership looking at a Honda Accord, which was like 35K brand new at the time. Mm -hmm. I was going to lease it, try to like extend the payments as much as possible. So my monthlies were pretty low. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember walking out of there being like, this is not motivating me. I did not get into this industry to buy a Honda Accord. Not that Honda Accord is a bad car. It just like wasn't me and my personality. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so then I got home that night. I went into that dealership that morning being like, here's my deposit. I'm ready to go. Let's get this thing on the road. I can't do this two-door car anymore. <laughs> and then I get home that night and start Googling like cost of different cars and like what does the lease look like on this car? And I found Audi Q5. Mm -hmm. Base model is was like $42,000 at the time. And I'm like, and I could pay like another seven grand mm -hmm. and get like a basically at that time for me, that was like a dream car. Yeah. <laughs> and I, my monthly payment went up like 250 bucks, which is significant. 350, like $600 a month, making no money at the time. I think I had received maybe four or five commission checks at the time. 
And you use those commission <clears throat> checks to qualify too, probably. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, look at all the commission yeah. I got coming yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> look at this. My last month looks really good. <laughs> and I'm like, screw it. This is going to make me work harder. This is going to like... It does. That on that Friday afternoon at 4 p.m., this oh. is going to make me like do the extra yeah. 45 phone calls. The money calls, is a motivation. Yeah. It's like, shit, I got to pay this. Huge. Mm-hmm. So it was big for me. And I decided I went the Audi Q5. That was my first real estate car. Yeah. I went the uh, Range Rover, Land Rover Discovery. <laughs> similar. Yeah. Similar ballpark and price, probably yeah. similar size. I went yeah. from a Honda Civic that was fucking destroyed. <laughs> Literally, like, I had a client, we got T boned on, on like Como Lake and like going to showings with my clients. And like, I was just like, damn. <laughs> And like it just destroyed the car. So I wrote it off. It got wrote off after I drove it for like a, three months like that and bought a Land Rover Discovery. Hate, realized I got in a little deep, traded it in for the A4 that I had. Yep, the red one. Yeah, I had like a $1,200 a month payment on a goddamn A4 because I had to roll in a loss <clears> and now I have the RS3, <laughs> which is my dream car the on my vision car board. Sweet. I just bought that, put it on my vision board in 2017, a 2018 Noto Gray RS3. And I just picked it up in June. It's, it's yeah it's weird what else is on that board <laughs> there was my like a house for my mom which i bought in june july or june last year right before she died i bought her a house and then she died like a month later and then there was like a whole bunch of condos for investments and now i have seven investment properties yeah <laughs> so you hate this business is what I you're saying it. yeah i hate it <laughs> wait yeah i know i hate it hate it a lot yeah and the people we meet too, like I've got the closest friends are my were my clients that I met in that long time ago. Like my first deal ever, like these people, like they thought I was in my 30s. I was 21. And they were like, what the fuck? We hired a 21-year-old? Like, yeah, you're my first sale. Like my first listing. And they're like, oh my God, but you did so good. I'm like, yeah, I had to. I had no choice. <laughs> but not to not do great. <laughs> like I didn't know what I was doing. Thank God I had a mentor at the time and a business partner as well. Because, like, I was like, here's deals. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, how do I get a listing? Like, shit, I have it. But, like, what do I do now? Right? There's so many behind-the-scenes things that consumers don't see. And so people getting into the industry also do not see. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'd say a couple young realtors that are getting into the industry a month, like, message me on Instagram or something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, where do I begin? What do I, what am I supposed to do? And my comment always is like, find someone in an area that you want to work long-term yep. that is doing well and follow them around for six months. Yeah. Offer to be Ask their them bitch. to work with them. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Open doors for open houses and showings for them. Yep. Write contracts for them. Just learn, listen to their conversations. Yep. If you want to work with them long-term and team up or do whatever, great. If not, you'll just learn a shit ton of information. Yeah. That's how it worked for me. Same. Because, like, I had a business partner after. I mean, I, my first year, well, me and him, we did 40-plus transactions. And, like, oof. I didn't know what I was doing, though. In the end, when after it all, like, settled out and we split up, I went back to nothing. I just was like, I need to go back to door knocking. But at least I got that grip. And then it kind of snowballed from there. Well, I mean, it snowballed, like, in a roller coaster. Going down a hill and then up another hill. And, like, <laughs> and now it's kind of like, I don't know. Like, we're at 33 for the year so far. Which I'm like, damn, that's pretty good. And I took time off. Shit. Like, I was just off for two and a half weeks. And I'm still selling shit. Like, that's where I wanted to be. Making the first 100K, which I did. And then I was like, shit, 200K. And it's like, fuck. Holy shit. This is like a legitimate business. And you can do incredibly well and be young. And like, and fake it till you make it. 
and then like you eventually make it and then you're like like you were saying you can like you know you're, you command respect people know who you are right and i feel like i'm starting to get to that point now where it's kind of cool see all that hard work paying off finally and like getting the respect from agents from your clients i got high net worth clients who buy 15 properties for me and that's like it's like shit it, it just feels good yeah and it's not about the money then because you've the money's gonna come it turns into like being about the people and like about your clients and like the clients actually notice that big you figure out what is a valuable investment in your time right yeah and time is limited i lost my mom last year right like it's just me and my sister now my dad passed when i was young so like i never like i always valued people in my life because they were there very short time typically so like it was people when i became a realtor like that was noticed just how i treat them and like that kind of probably got me more than me actually knowing what i'm doing in the beginning because i'll be honest i didn't well but i tried the disadvantage of our industry for consumers is that most people in our industry don't know what they're doing Mm -hmm. most right high percentage (laughs) careful what you say (laughs) no i'm fully on board with standing behind (laughs) historically i'm standing behind this comment of most people in our industry have no clue what they're doing but the reason that they do well is because they're good people people right they can communicate they make friends they're relationship based yeah and it works it does. But do they know how to negotiate contracts? Do they know no, how to handle great. multiple no, offers? No, they don't. Most don't. Most don't. No, they don't. And I love that because, like, I do. <laughs> and most don't know how to market properly. Like, there's yeah. a big, long list of things that make you mm-hmm. the next level of realtor in, in BC. And most people most people are not close to that. Yeah. But Your video game's on point. You guys... We're getting better. Yeah. No, I like it. I like yeah. it. See, that's something we're bringing in now. We're rebranding. It's video. Because, like... I suck at videos like <laughs> everyone sucks though. but i did a great video that embraced the rain we should you should watch that i should show it to you i don't okay. know if you've seen it but oh i'll watch like, it after damn that's good and like ah video yeah but like where's the industry shifting because video has been in for a long time now and like we seem to be cyclical when what comes in and out what do you think's next so reels are in right now yeah reels. so property videos this is this is the uh, trajectory of my career in social media Year one to three was posting a cool photo, professional photos, right? A lot of realtors didn't do professional photos. They just had their iPhone or their their phone. They would take photos and post them on MLS. There'd be seven photos. They'd be dark. They'd be sideways, some upside down. There still is. I saw one the other day. It was upside down. I was like, damn, what are we looking at? (laughs) It is ridiculous. So professional photos was like the thing, year one to three for me, that most people didn't do. We stood out and we would like boost Po, uh, photos on social media on mm-hmm. Facebook, and some would get like 30, 40,000 views mm-hmm. by putting 50 bucks behind a boosted post on Facebook, which is mind blowing today. Because if you put $50 behind a boosted post on Facebook, you might get like two or 300 views. <laughs> uh, but do you know what Facebook leads are the? Uh, do you do Facebook leads? We don't really invest in Facebook. Want to know my cost per lead? Anymore. We make a ton of money on Facebook leads, a dollar mm-hmm. a lead. And like we've converted probably six in the last year, and like we spend maybe five, 600 bucks. How many leads do you get? Uh, it's, it's depends on what we put. We'll just do a hundred dollars behind an ad, and it'll get like seventy to hundred leads. So you're calling a hundred people to get one or two. Yeah. Again, it comes down to that. Right? I don't make the calls typically. My sister does. Yeah. She really doesn't like that I don't. But I'm like, I'm not the call person, but I will when I need to. Yeah. <laughs> but it works. I'm not a big fan of it, really. But the leads are cheap on Facebook. So if you want to do Facebook ads, they work. For a certain demographic. 
So what does your ad look like that is giving you 100 leads? So we did one we did it was like get a list of homes under $350,000 in the lower mainland. Just text this number, which is my sister or me. And so is that is that a video or is that a It's just a picture, an ad and then it goes a to a picture with just copy over top that says want a list of 350,000 pretty much and then like a house is very basic and then it goes to our landing page and then it goes and then it's or just texas number and like my sister we closed like a 1.1 million dollar sale from that because she was looking to downsize and she wanted a cheap house to downsize in a condo to downsize into for like 250k and then we were like oh cool and she's yeah i have this house for i want to sell in surrey and i was like like beginning or middle of last year and we sold that from that lead, from that ad. And I just am out showing a client in Abbotsford right now <laughs> who from that ad as well, who is buying like 450, 500, right? They're just curious. Was that the first one you did? Um, there's been more my sister have done, but it's funny now. We get to the point where I don't really know all the deals she does because we're doing quite a bit. So I'm like, oh yeah, we sold that. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I didn't do anything about it though. I still got money on it, but like I forgot. I don't know where half all of her leads come from. Right, which is a problem I wanted to have because I don't want to micromanage. I don't want to constantly have to know if there's another deal coming. Right, so like her and I, we just kind of sell stuff. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But point I, point I was getting at is just like, yeah. the The question is always like, how are you guys so busy? Where do you get leads from? Like, mm -hmm. what are you doing differently? And my answer is, we don't do anything differently. We just do stuff. stuff. Yeah, it's just right? stuff. If you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs, like thinking, oh, maybe I should cold call. Maybe I should door knock. Maybe I should do this. Do something. Stop thinking about it. Yep. Right? Put 50 bucks behind a photo on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. Put a little bit on it. Even better. Do a video. Do a reel. Yeah. Put money behind that. And assess what happens in the first seven days. If you don't get any phone calls or don't get any leads, try something different. Yep. Try... Try the video if and you did the so photo. Try, try a different message. Try, you know, whatever. To go out and like talk to people at a bar. There's like, no secret sauce to this industry. Whatever works, works. For, if it works for you, it works. Like now I'm getting referrals. Like almost all my business is referral, agent referrals. Like in the last year since we met, it's I've been in Facebook groups just like nonstop, just talking shit basically. Like that's what I do good. <laughs> it's just like talk shit and like... Make people laugh. And I've got these like connections. That, talk, that girl in Fresno, my good friend, like I went to a wedding of a realtor in Phoenix on that road trip. Like I just went to a wedding in the Adirondack Mountains for a realtor in Syracuse. And like I just got a referral for like a $4 million purchase from a random agent. I don't even know in Baltimore, Maryland, because he heard of me through Facebook. And I just closed a referral from Atlanta, Georgia. They were selling a place in Vancouver. And get this, I got the referral from Atlanta and I knew the people from my hometown, Dawson Creek. I knew the, the seller's kids. I knew them. It was the weirdest situation. I was like, wow, what? Like, I actually knew these people. I knew the family and I knew the kid. I was like, whoa. And like, they moved to LA. And like, I just closed another one from Los Angeles moving up. So like, and those are all agents I don't really know. Even Vancouver agents that don't want to sell out in the valley. Like, that's another way I get tons of business. I'm like, in my office, I'm like, yo, I drive. I love it. Give me your deals. I'll give you 30%. I'll drive the fuck out to chill. I got a car. I'll go to Mission. Like, yeah. if you really don't want to make 10K by driving, yeah. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, yeah. So, But why are you saying yes to that? Because I'm hungry. Back to the beginning, Carl. Here we go. This is <laughs> yeah. it, right? Yeah. This is it. People that are lifestyle. I say lifestyle people. I'm, I'm incorporating a large group of I just want a life. Who don't have the... the 
intuition, the motivation internally yeah. that you do. What do you, like, you're not going out of your way to be in Facebook groups. At night, when it's 9 p.m., you're watching Netflix instead of logging into... I don't own a television. San, dude, <laughs> San Antonio real estate group. Like, yeah. I don't know who you're talking to, but just inserting yourself into these conversations and being like, hey, you guys curious about Canada? I'll give you some information on Canada. Yeah. Just sharing information, right? Yeah. It's crazy. When I, whenever I go to the island, I try to meet like different people in different neighborhoods that are... I'll just Google best Nanaimo realtor, top yeah. Nanaimo realtor. And call three of them. Be like, you guys want to meet for coffee? Sweet. Yeah, and then you write off the trip, right off the ferry yeah. ride. <laughs> Anytime you got clients yeah. going in Vancouver, call me. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's it. Like, I, it's it's funny. And like, that's also every trip I do, I try to get one referral from it. I like paying for every trip. So when I was down in Cali, like I was door knocking, like that's fucking wild. I'll probably get two deals from that. But then I, I use hookup apps and I literally prospect for people wanting to buy or sell. And then I find an agent in there. I meet with them. And then I'd like, here's deals. And I send them the deals that I got on like hookup apps or randomly at bars. And like, I have referred out, I've probably done five or six referrals. I get checks and the office will be like, who's this check for? And I'm like, I don't know. And like, Walker, I think it's you. And I'm like, oh, and I look and it's like some random agent from like Montreal. And I'm like, oh shit, yeah. Forgot about I that. I matched with them on Tinder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. You like, use hookup apps. Oh yeah, I sold a lot. Last year I sold three, well, I sold a $2.505 million condo. To someone I met, like not even on a hookup app, but like cruising in a park. And then he sold his $1.7 million condo with me. So it was like, what, $4 million in volume and like from some random. Yeah. There's, there's no secret sauce. There's none. Do what works right? and do yeah. it well and keep doing it and repeating. And like, you'll just be like, wow, I make, I sell 10 a year. And that's like, the guy. that was my first step was being able to sell like the double digits in a year, which I did every year. <laughs> And now it's like, where's next? And I was like, 30, 40. Like this year, I don't know what we'll do. Like we make more money every year. And that's all that matters to me. And like we treat our clients, our level of service gets better every year. And I get more time every year. Like I'm making more than I was in my first year, but I'm working half as much. And I'm just doing it right and doing it. And like, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Like I'm just not killing myself anymore. To like, just work. Someone messaged me today and said, <clears throat> I want to start a podcast. This is what I want to do, Don. Do you have any advice for me so that I don't make the same mistakes you did? And in my head, I thought like, this is the wrong way to think about <laughs> getting better at something. Yeah. Ask, like just saying, I want to go from zero to 50. I don't want to take step you one, two, three, four, shitty. five. You have to learn as you go. Because <laughs> the way that I'm doing stuff, whether it's real estate, podcast, whatever sports as a kid it's going to be different for you yeah we have different personalities we have different upbringings we have mm -hmm. different experiences we have different people that are going to naturally be drawn into our personalities and it's just different and so that was my first thing is just like dude you gotta fail you Feeling gotta fail fun, yeah. like listen to my first three podcasts they were garbage because mm -hmm. i didn't know what the hell i was doing i was just like ah, i'm gonna try this thing and see how it goes yep. but 125 in plus 100 real estate ones plus 80 Seahawks ones. Yep. We're 350 podcasts yeah, in. that's true, yeah. And yeah, I get better at talking and listening yeah. and like conversating with people because I've done it thousands of hours now. Yeah. I see you become an expert. You don't get it by asking someone <laughs> one know. simple question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. If it was that easy, everyone would do it, right? Well, What's the thing in real estate? 95% <laughs> of realtors don't make past three years or something? Yeah. 
And like, even after three years, I was like, woo, how am I still making it? I know. <laughs> like sometimes I wake up and I'm like, how do I make so much? Like, how do I do this so well? Like, and I ask myself that and it's like, I, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. Like I shouldn't be, but like, I just put in the work a lot and consistently. And like now six years, I'm like 28. And like, I feel like I'm old after this long in the industry, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I still get the, oh, I've been doing this for 35 years. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, like it doesn't look like it. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, you don't have, like, good photos. Like, you mentioned no professional. Like, I'm, like, you're complacent. Like, that's what time in the industry will get you is complacent. Our team has a joke that anytime someone uses that in negotiation, being like, I've been doing this for 17 years, they're just admitting that they suck. Yeah. That's what it means. I've been here doing this for 35 years. Well, you've been doing it shitty for 35 years, John. Yeah. Well, maybe the first Sorry. two maybe good, but I wasn't alive, so I can't judge. But now I am, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I probably will say that though. I'll be like, I've been doing it for 35 years. And I'm like, <laughs> but it, I don't know. No, I won't. I think I've just seen and heard it too many times that I will never ever use that. Yeah, I don't think I could. I know how it like makes me angry and boils my blood inside. Yeah. Even when they're trying to be nice, and I'm like, because usually it's just hiding lack of knowledge, right? They're yeah. saying they're saying I've been doing this for twenty years, but you're like, sweet, that's great. The neighbor just sold for one point two. You're listed for one point four. Why? And I want I've been doing this for twenty years. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it means nothing, right? Like now, I feel like I have to ask when I show stuff. Does your client expect more than list price? Yeah. Like, and I shouldn't have to ask that. Like when I'm showing one point five million dollar houses, like, is, is this your client's expectation, or do they want one seven? Because I'm sick. Of showing a house, writing an offer, that's good with the comps. And then getting a counter like 150K over ask with no other offers, 130 days on the market. It's like, wait, what? And then like, I look like the dick or like the asshole to my clients. It's like, wait, what's happening? And it's like, this is sorry. Like, this is what happens when you don't understand the market. We're in a shift right now. In every single intro buyer meeting, I try to use this line. List price does not equal market value. Yeah. List price is a marketing number, and some realtors use it to get more people in the door and list mm -hmm. really, really low on purpose so that their sale price will be higher and they'll sell very, yeah. really quickly. So just know that when you see something pop up in your search and it's eight ninety nine, and you're looking for a two-bedroom condo in Burnaby <laughs> and you see a single-family home that lists for eight ninety nine, dollars there's a reason that it seems too good to be true. Mm -hmm. So I try to express that in every single first buyer meeting that we, new clients, first time buyers, investors, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like explaining to them that list price is strategic. Yeah. It's a made up number and it does not mean sale price. Mm -hmm. Anyway, sometimes that will get people out of the mindset of like, oh, I don't want to pay over list price. They'll say mm -hmm. that. Be like, well, if you're buying a $2 million home for 1.6 and you're paying over list price, that's a pretty fucking good deal. <laughs> yeah, right. So pay over list price. Who gives a shit what the exactly. list price is? It doesn't matter. Especially in these shifts because like a lot of agents won't show shit that's got an offer date. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, that's a good opportunity sometimes because sometimes if the agent doesn't understand, they only get two offers, you can just sneak in a strong offer and win it and save your clients 100K, 75K, right? Because they like agents who don't sell enough homes don't understand the shifts as they start to shift. 100%. And you can't catch it. And you that's why I find the best deal. I got a great deal on my condo. And like I got it during like in what September last year, right? When the market was starting to shift up. And I was like, I got to buy this. I didn't want to move to Poco again. Never, nevertheless, the building I lived in like many years ago with my ex next door to him. <laughs> like 
<laughs> Thank God he wasn't there. But like, I was like, but it was a good opportunity. And I didn't even look at it. Like every other house I bought, I just bought. <laughs> I try to find out like what is important to these people. So like first time buyers, let's say they're interested yeah. in music, for example. Oh, what kind of music do you like to play? Piano. Perfect. I have a brand new piano. I'm going to list it at $500. Would you pay over list price for that? They'd be like, yeah, it's worth 10 grand. Point made. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Lumber, Carl. How much <laughs> was fucking lumber two years ago? Too much. If I was going to sell you a exactly. two by four, my list price is two bucks, you'd probably pay $25 for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Probably still would. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's the point. It's just understanding that the list price is not... Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything about market value. Exactly. Even nowadays, when the market's starting to shift again, too, it's like, well, boom, let's price 500. Cool. Offer 470. On the opposite spectrum, yeah. on the opposite, let's say that $10,000 piano, I post it $20,000. Do you think it's a good deal at 18? You're paying under list price. Mm-hmm. Nope. Value is what someone will pay. Someone will pay, then it's or the bank act. Well, <laughs> there's a fine balance between the banks and and what people will pay, but <laughs> usually in Greater Vancouver, though, we rarely have situations. Where I had a really big one under. Rarely though, it was rare. That's the first there, one. It was like seven hundred thousand under. That's the contract strange. price. It was a development lot, <laughs> but we were like, I think we were offered like one nine, and it came back at one two five. Where in New West? You know my lot? 22nd Street shit, right? Uh, <laughs> it was there. Do you see those crazy sales? It was so like, it, well, it's just an appraiser that doesn't understand the OCP, maybe. No, we had multiple appraisals done. And it was just because of, yeah, I know. It's, it's not OCP yet. <laughs> well, right? it's not, well, it's not rezoned yet. It's not even in, there's like a potential. We're all speculation. Then there was too many speculation sales and they were just like, mm, just No. <laughs> We're not going to value this teardown at one nine two mil, and then it ended up That's, selling for like two point, like three, which is really weird. Like I don't know, this was last year during the craziness. That's a bit different, but like the normal real, the residential yeah. real estate transaction. Like there's three other homes in the neighborhood that have sold for one point yeah. six. That's why we're paying one point six. And the appraisals always come back like right on to what you're paying. It's like, hmm. Carl knows my uh, thoughts on appraisers and appraisals. I mean, the people are not bad people. They're nice people. They're trying to do their job properly. I just like they don't have to just, show them it because like they take five minutes and then they're gone. And I'm like, I drove out here for this. The like, purpose of the appraisal in 99% of situations in residential transactions is completely useless. It's completely useless. It's an open market. Post on MLS. Been on market for seven days. They host. They have a day for offers. It gets six offers and it sells. That's what the property's worth. It's not what one dude with a 1902 digital camera, <laughs> like a like digital camera, the first yeah. <laughs> era of digital cameras that has blurry photos. It's not what that guy. They're in there for five is. minutes, and then they can pick the whole. They don't even turn on the lights. <laughs> no, <laughs> the dumb. They don't even look in a room. They're just like, yeah, they're the room. <laughs> they're like, and usually on the way out the door, Carl, they're like, uh, so how many offers you get? You're like six. So what it's uh, what's the contract price? Uh, One point four seven five. Like, oh, miraculously, the appraisal comes back at 1.475. 1. 1. Yeah. Or sometimes oh, 10 grand weird. over and you're like, yeah, yeah. we got a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> and you tell your clients, yeah, I came back at 10,000 over. You got a great deal. <laughs> After they just paid 550,000 over. <laughs> over the last price, which yeah. means nothing. <laughs> exactly. Right? Going back to his point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want to talk about this vision board a little bit because one thing I want to talk to you about was goals. Yeah. Sounds like you've checked off a lot of things on there. Oh, yeah. 
Like everything almost. Do you? So what's your process of like reassessing? Because you're 28 years old. So and you've checked off a lot of things already. Are I you mean, just like you're like screw it? I'm out. I'm on. I'm on a beach in Mexico. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't like. I don't know. Like. I after my mom died last year, like she was my why. Like I had her written down as my why. Like everything I did was for her and to like because I knew she had a short life left. So I I worked my ass off to get her anything she wanted she could get. I literally gave her my card and I was like, just buy shit or tell me what you want, I'll get you it. She was spoiled. I, I spent most of my money on her because like I knew in the end she would die and like this is fucking twisted, but like she would die, get it back. So like to me, it was just like deferring and giving her money so she could be happy in her end. And I did, and I got her a house she was going to go move into, and then she passed away. Like, that was the last thing on it, on my vision board, was her, get her a house or, and, like, have her closer to me. And, like, within 35 days after I closed on that house in Princeton, she passed away. And, like, she was, like, so that made me realize life's short, right? And, like, it can't just be about, like, the hustle, about the money. It had to, like, I had to start materializing things and, ha and actually achieving my goals. Which was my vision board. All these little things like this RS3 in Nardo Gray. Like the, my A4 like started the check engine light and was making some weird fucking noises. <laughs> and I left on a road trip with a friend to buy a condo in Tumbler Ridge, which is my hometown. And my goal was to go back and buy my hometown. I'd never been back to Tumbler Ridge until I bought that condo. And like as a kid, like that town tried to kill me. Like my, I found my dad dead on that lawn. And I was like, I'm never coming back here. Was, the trauma was like, oof. And I bought a condo with a guy I'd randomly met, and he he brought up Tumblr Ridge. And I was like, huh? And he's like, there's these cheap condos. I'm like, yeah, I know. And then he, I'm like, he's like, how cheap? I'm like, I'm a realtor. Let's buy one. And we bought one. And now we own three. Well, I own three, one, two with him, one with my sister, and I've sold seven in this building. And we want to buy the whole building. And we did a road trip together up there. And we like... Did some work on this condo. We got it rented out for a thousand, well, nine fifty for that one. And then while we were up there, I met with all the agents, and I was like, "If you ever get a listing in here, call me. Don't call anyone else." And they're like, "Okay." So now all the agents call me whenever something comes up, and we've inflated the, we've doubled the prices. I made like fifty k on the investments. I made my clients that have that believed in me. I called up my buddy Alex. If I'm gonna send him this podcast because he literally texted me today, he's like, "Do I need a deal?" Like, find me a fucking deal. Like, I just want something fun. I want bored. So I sent him shit in Princeton. We're going out on Sunday to Princeton. Like, fuck, I'll drive shit. I don't care. <laughs> like, First of all, where is Tumblr Ridge? It's like 13 hours north driving. So farther than Dawson's Creek? It's it's kind of, yeah. Okay. It's like an hour and a half from Dawson Creek. Okay. Not the TV show. <laughs> Dawson. <laughs> but so Why do you want to buy this whole building? I want to buy the whole city. <laughs> it's the town that tried to kill me. And I, want to, I want to own it. And like, it's... it's where else can you buy a condo for 31000 Tell me where. How old is this building? 1970s, 1980s, 1984. Like, where can you buy anything for 31000 You can't even get a goddamn car for $31,000. What does the rental look like? <laughs> like, first of all, who's the demographic? That Miners, is like asking? in the mines. Oh. So I have that one rented. So short term? Long term. Oh, really? to, I have nine fifty for the one, 1000 for the one, 975 for the one. The two bedroom that my buddy owns, I think it's like 1075 Another one bedroom I just sold completed on the thirteenth. We're gonna get a thousand fifty. Um, yeah, furnished, and they'll all come with furniture too. So I paid thirty one k for a fully furnished condo, and then like in the furniture, and I got commissions. So I got like a twenty five hundred dollar commission, and then the furniture up there was like ten k. So I was like, 
where's the risk? Like when you talk about buying below the mean, that's what I'm okay. doing. Is all everything I want to do is below the mean. If it's cheap, I'll buy it. Or my clients will, I'll send it to them and I'll be like, buy this. And they buy it. <laughs> and like, I mean, I just want these condos. Like they make money. Like I my I checked my accounts the other day because I have a different account for every condo. And I was like 5,300 in one account. I bought this one in May. The other one has like 39. And then one of my rentals in Dawson, I asked Alex, I was like, how much does he like three grand in that one in cash flow? And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, that's like, that's like what I made in when I was like in passive income, when I was in like my, my mom made in a year. That's some passive income in six months from these properties. Just sitting in an account that I forget I even have. What does your maintenance look like on these per month? I Do have, you manage them all? I manage one myself, and then we manage a, like I manage two my own on my own, and the other ones have like property managers that take what percentage? A hundred dollars a month from these, so ten percent up there, and like they're not very good. I mean, the one's great, the other one is oof, not good at all. But like, I don't want anyone else buying this shit. Like, I want them all, and like they didn't understand it. They're like, really? And then I was like, yeah, here's a cash offer. For another one. And then I'm like, get me another one. And they're like, okay, we got one. I'm like, here's a cash offer. Get me another one. And they're like, are you serious? I'm like, fuck yeah, I am. If I wasn't serious, I would have bought the first three. And then I just, I was like, I can't buy anymore. So I was like, shit, call people. Are you financing these? No. You're paying cash. cash. It's hard to finance something for 30K. Thanks for like, wait, what? (laughs) Like I got a private mortgage on one just because I was like, oh, we're over leveraged a little bit, but like, whatever. Like it's a $20,000 mortgage. Like. And it still cash flows. <laughs> I think I still cash flow on that one with the mortgage, like $350 a month with a private mortgage interest only. Like I'll pay it off with the cash flow after like a year. What's the upside potential of these places? There's like everything. I don't see a downside. If that shit no, went no, no. down. I mean like l- let's look 10 years down the road and you want to sell these. <sighs> I don't. We want to buy the whole building. No, I, I want to I create. I so I think I'm, did I mean, no. But I'm thinking more from like the perspective of a young couple that is listening to this that has a two-bedroom condo in Greater Vancouver that lives there with their one kid and they're thinking about investing in real estate but they don't think they have enough money and then they hear this and say $30,000 for a condo mm-hmm. and I can get $1,000 rent. Even if I mortgage $20,000 yeah. of that, What's a, I, I don't even know. What the fuck is a $20,000 mortgage look like? My interest only is like $400 a month. And that interest only private at a high ass That's rate. That's a private rate. And like, so. I don't, and the funny thing is, is like, I could, cause it's easier to get that. Banks won't want to lend up there. And yeah. that's the issue I find. And that's why it's like, hey, I got something that you don't, you can get a HELOC on a house here. Like, I'm going to HELOC my condo and like, I won't buy anymore. I'm, I'm like holding off because I'm way too many now. It's got to like calm down for a year. But all these in the last year, I had one property when we did our last podcast. That was fucking a dump. And now I have eight. Well, I had that pre-sale too. So now I got eight and I'm like, woo. And those are all bought in the last like 13 months. Every single one. Well, since June last year. <laughs> so back to my question. <laughs> in 10 but, years from now, let's say you're buying yeah. these things for thirty to $40,000 roughly, depending if they're one or two bedroom. Mm-hmm. In 10 years from now, what is that area... What's your prediction of that area and what is that condo worth? So I'm not looking at it more so for what it's going to be worth in like 10 years. Cause like it was up to hundred K these condos at one point. Really? It's been down to five K. Right. So like hmm. all I'm, I, my goal is to put that place on the map. Right. So like, I don't want to go into it too, too much, but 
what our plan is, but we have like, it basically created a tourist destination. Like we're bringing in people that know their shit. Like the people that I'm aligning with that are buying in with this are like, we have this like ultimate goal. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six of us that like we want to do. And people are like, whoa, that could really work. And it's just creating like a different sort of destination. And it's all about cash flow and owning like such a big chunk of that tiny little village that we can control and do whatever we want. It's a control thing. If Walker Adair did not exist, let's say you're wiped off the map and you list one of these condos, is there another buyer for this other than you? Yeah. Because <laughs> okay. it's funny. Like they were sitting, the one I bought, I have a company called Orphan Investments, yeah. which is me and my sister, because yeah. like we're orphans now, we lost our parents. And like we bought this place, was in the market for like 400 fucking days, the one I bought. And then I started buying everything and people were calling me like, what the fuck do you know that we don't? And I was like, nothing. And then I started seeing shit selling. And I was like, man, why are they selling for 52K? I'm like, I want fucking more for cheap. I'm calling the agent. <laughs> she's like, well, my clients are just seeing everything going so fast. They just want in. And I'm like, fuck. I wanted that to happen later. I don't want it to happen after. I bought these in April, May. I don't want it to start happening within three months that like now everybody is like thinking about this. Like what the heck's happening here? Right? So like if I didn't exist, these things would not be selling. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Right? They would like not be going. For what they're going for now. I th I don't think so, at least. But because like they were sitting for 400 days when I bought it for 31,000. And I could resell that bitch tomorrow for 55. Probably more, actually. Because most real estate investors are thinking about a few things. One, they're thinking about cash flow. Two, they're thinking about upside potential. Yeah. Three, they're thinking about liquidity. But why don't people think about the downside potential? Because like if there's, you look at something that has a bit, why just not look for stuff that has very little downside? Mm hmm. Right? Like, that's what I'm looking at. Like, cash flow, yes. But downside? Like, to me, if that property dropped 50%, oh, I'm losing 20 grand, 15 grand. Like, mm -hmm. that's such a small amount of money. If my condos in Poco drop 50%, bitch, I'm losing a quarter of a mil. Well, I don't think there's any chance a condo in Poco is dropping 50%. There isn't. <laughs> but, like, the downside, even 10% is more than that dropping 50%. Yeah. And, like, so I was, like, if I can buy enough that even if it, within four years there's enough cash flow with five places to pay for two more places. Like, my cap rate on this is, like, 20, on the first one I bought is, like, 27 or 30%. Like, like we look at just cap rate. Like, there's no downside to that. Really. What's the strategy? $206 a month. And then I pay $110 in internet. And then I pay... You pay that for the... For yeah, the they're tenants? all fully furnished. And it, utilities included. And like my bills and insurance come out to like four fifty to five hundred dollars a month. It'd be kind of nice if you could get two next door to each other and then just have one internet service I, that they both that's, share. So that's part of it. I want to own. <laughs> I'm going to go into this. We have seven out of 103 units. Think we own 11 percent of the building. My people and we are now putting in shit and like we're getting enough so that we're going to be able to force shit. Like it's like force. We want to get like like the space Elon Musk's internet. The hell is called space i don't know what is it called yeah his, Star his link, starlink yeah. starlink because starlink, it's cheaper yeah. bitch i made 110 bucks for all my units now actually my neighbor just came up i can't afford it and they want 60k i'm like bitch no like and i bought mine for 41 the neighbor of my one it just popped up on the market a couple days ago and i was like and the agent calls me and i'm like no like i don't want it for that price like <laughs> like no it's too expensive and she's like well you own this i'm like i don't care like i got this one for 41 like a month ago i'm not paying 60 for this one like, sorry. <laughs> like, I'll pay 40. That's 1.5 times. 
Yeah. 20, 20 grand doesn't sound like a lot, but when <laughs> when it's 50% higher than the last well, one. I bought the first one for 31. And then I bought one for 41, then for 44. And then I sold a two-bedroom to Alex for 47. He could get 80 for that. I was like, where else can you make that much money? And, he, and he's getting cash flow every single month. Like I, like, I have clients that are like, what? This doesn't make sense. I'm like, I know. And I, I don't know why they weren't getting bought before. Like they were, before I bought them, there was like eight foreclosures for 25,000 that sold a week before I bought, I started buying. Foreclosures. Like how the, I, I mean, don't, can't judge, but like you foreclosed on a 25K plate that rents for $1,000 a month. And so I called up the people who bought those foreclosures. I was like, do you want to sell it? I'm not buying 40K. I'm like, okay. So I bought one of the ones for 41, one for 44 from foreclosures. They just bought them in March. <laughs> so when I say upside potential, I mean, yes, market value upside potential, but also neighborhood upside potential. I want to make that <clears throat> upside potential. Yeah, but so what is it though? Because it, it's 13 hours away from Vancouver. It is in the middle of the mountains. It's got some of the, oh, I don't want to go into it too much. Cause like, but it's got some of the best hunting, fishing, most beautiful country in North America, like that area. It's like Northern BC, as high as you can get in Northern BC. Uh, it's like, it's <laughs> like, here's Vancouver, and here's where that goes up. It's like, here, here's the Yukon. It's like right here. Just below. Like, yeah. like I'd say probably eight and a half hours from the Yukon. Okay. But like 14 hours northeast, the very northeastern kind of corner-ish, about three quarters of the way up. In the middle of the mountains, an hour and a half from anything. Is there much in terms of amenities there right now? No. Like, is there any restaurants? No, they are, but they aren't open all the time because there's the people. That town is built around the mining, is a mining town. It was built for coal mines in the 80s. And that's all it was. It was a purpose-built town for mines, for the mine. And my family moved there to work in the mines. And then the mines all shut down in 2000. And it went to a ghost town. A few smart people bought the whole town, like everything. Like this has been done before. People have bought that whole town. And all these condos that I have were owned by one owner. And he went in when people were desperate. Like we sold our trailer for like 14 grand, like our house, when we like moved, not even eight grand, 10 grand when we left. And like these condos were going for four grand, five grand, six grand a piece. So people just leave. And then mine started opening back up. So he stratified the building. Like he, I think he paid like 6K or something in total for these ones. But there were other condos. There's a lot of condos in this area. Mm. And like he, this investor just bought them up, waited till the mines opened and resold them all. And he was getting like 80 to 100K each for these places. And then they crashed when one of the mines closed. So this is very cyclical based on the mines. But I found if I don't have a mortgage, I can get rid of I just pay a strata fee. So like in the end, if the mine shut down again... And I didn't need them. They're paid off for the most part. And I just canceled the internet, dropped the hydro down, and, like, just put in a tenant for cheap even. Right? And, like, my cost can get cut to $210 a month plus insurance. So $350 a month. Like, that's not even my car insurance. What is your, uh, what is the vacancy rate there? Like, they are how all easy is it? Instantly. It's easy? I have, uh, I have... Still people messaging me, do you have any more available? I need a place. I need a place. I need a place. I'll pay a thousand fifty. I have literally my Facebook like messenger request is that. And my Alex, same. He posts on Facebook and it's fucking constant. People like we need a place. Like, I'll pay this much. I'll pay a thousand fifty. I'll pay eleven hundred for these one bedrooms. And I'm like, like, wow. <laughs> like I manage one myself and like it's a like dream tenant. A thousand dollars a month. Like it's crazy. And like, I literally, where are these people coming from? 
Person, they're coming to work in the mines. Right? Coming to work in the they're mines. Or from from BC, was, Alberta. Um, the lady that I rented is from Squamish. And like, she's like, I just love it up there. It's beautiful. Cause it's stunning. Like you can walk from these condos to waterfalls like an hour away. You could just go hiking out the, out the door. You can go hunting. You could just walk out with your gun and go hunting. Like, Sounds like a place Carl would like. Dude, this shit isn't, it's, it's, just, it's, it's <laughs> sick. And that's what we want to create. Like, like we're trying to bring in the people that know, I don't know how to change a whole city, but enough people that have the same mindset can. And like, that's the people we're getting, like they're coming in and investing with us. And like it's gonna be big, it it happening a lot quicker than I expected. And expect to own eleven percent of a fucking massive building, this quickly with people, but, and like yeah, upside. I mean, it's all upside to me. Like, where else can you buy this shit? Like, it's so hard to invest in the Lower Mainland. It is really hard to. It invest is so in hard to make money in the, in the Lower Mainland. Let your banking on like going up. You ain't gonna cash flow. Like I've analyzed. Like I love investment real estate and like Chilliwack's the only city you can almost in like Abbotsford but Chilliwack's the only place you can cash flow right now with 20% down unless you get really lucky like and like it's hard like I don't want to rely on luck anymore like I got lucky with my condo in Poco I'd still be renting and I'd be happy to rent if I didn't get my place in Poco because I'd be owning way too many investment properties when did you buy that though in Poco? November 2021 350 and i knew her and then like i mean it peaked at, like 525 ish 530 like well my neighbor just sold for 530 and it was smaller and it was a two bedroom one bathroom i know like i don't i don't deserve to to be almost a millionaire like with the like, i work my ass off but like i'm almost a millionaire and it's fucking weird to say and it's all from real estate and like I've made clients millionaires from real estate. Like, it's where the most millionaires are made. And like, a million's not a lot anymore, but it's pretty fucking cool. You said, make your first 100K, right? Now you're probably, like, it's like millions now. It's like the attainability now. Mm-hmm. Once you just, just do work. Starting small. Yeah. I think that's a big thing for me. Like, <clears throat> $30,000 is mind-blowing, especially people that grew up in Greater Vancouver and have been watching... Even like the average price of a one bedroom condo in Burnaby now is about five fifty, roughly. But like, what was your first condo? Two sixty nine. Yeah, so mine was two seventy two. That was twenty twelve, twenty eleven, twenty twelve. And now those numbers don't exist. But the fact that you can snowball that over time into yeah. other investments, excluding these northern bc thirty thousand dollar condos well my like, first house was thirty five thousand. we talked about i bought that was my renovation one right that was in dawson dawson creek, creek yeah <clears throat> but yeah you snowball it you get one onto the next but that's how vancouver is yeah right but there are places outside of greater vancouver that are maybe more stable than what you're talking about princeton i also own houses there well Totally. Okanagan is cool. I don't know the cash flow situations in the Okanagan. They don't cash flow anymore. I've ran them. Vernon cash flows, Trail cash flows, Princeton cash flows, Merritt cash flows. Kamloops, you can cash flow. Kelowna, you can't. There's some cool spots on the island though, Well, Yes. Oh, big spots on the island that cash flow. Almost all the island will cash flow, really. Just outside Victoria. Victoria. (laughs) Right? Except the big, wherever it wants to be. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what you buy. I buy under the mean, right? Like the cheap stuff that like... I can't afford to lose 150k. Like I just can't. Like I'm not there yet. I will be one day, but I'm can't, 
right? So like if I buy stuff that's everything is cheaper, then like it can drop and like I feel comfortable. Like I I feel over leveraged seven eight properties, but like I also know that like I'm not. But leverage is is debt, right? Yeah. So if you're not taking out any debt on these places and interest rates go up or the rental goes down no, or the vacancy goes well, that's up. The thing. I can sell them. It's it literally an asset that just sits there and like, yeah, maybe it's not as liquid as it could be, but like I've made it so I could just call someone and get that thing sold like tomorrow. Cause it's like, I'm like, here's like, I have a ash, a cash, an asset with a 30 cap. Like, like that's all I got to say. I don't got to tell anyone where it is. Bitch, I could probably get anyone to buy that. Just saying I have a 30 cap. Who cares where it is? I got a 25, 30, 35 cap condo. <laughs> you're going to be buying, like a, a smart investor would buy that. But you say, I got a $31,000 shitty condo, a dump in the middle of nowhere. That's what that town is right now. It's right? very interesting. I bought a townhouse on the island in Duncan. Duncan, yeah. $480,000 last year. And I rented for 2500 Do you cash flow? That was at the time. It was eight hundred eight hundred dollars cash flow a month, and now I refied to pull some money out to go somewhere else, but refied at six thirty, I think six hundred thirty k. Yeah. So now it's like break even yeah. with new mortgage rates and more lever- more debt. Yeah. But originally, I was like. I don't understand how this makes sense. Mm-hmm. But There's, how many of those can you go? Because that's not sustainable no. when you want to buy a ton, right? Because like, unless you're but I don't putting... know if I want to buy a ton. Yeah, I'd like to have a couple because I think that area is going to continue to progress as it's pretty close to cities like Nanaimo and Victoria. It's yeah. forty-five minutes outside of each, mm-hmm. basically. Well, people can be here. People are doing that in Victoria now. Exactly. Yeah. So I liked it because of the upside potential, and literally six months later, I refied it at six thirty, from and I bought it for four eighty. Yeah. So I ha- I have zero cash invested in this place, and it's cash mm-hmm. flow neutral. Yep. That's, That's a good pretty, asset, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yep. So now you're buying another one, or like doing something else yep. with it. It's just such a fun. It's a game. Like it is a game, and like you can like you just gotta learn it, or have someone who knows what they're doing. And like, listen. Yeah. But people will always ask you like, what's the best investment? Where, the best what investment is, your... is the one you feel the safest with. Yeah. My question, yeah. my answer is always like doing something is the best investment. Not stop. Thinking about it for 12 months is not the best investment because you don't, you're not doing anything and you're losing, yeah. you're losing rent and principal pay down and you're losing yeah. potential capital appreciation. Exactly. But thinking is the worst. That's why most of my decisions are literally just like... I know. Like I just make it, right? Yeah. If you fail, great. You reassess and move on. Exactly. Well, you, that's why I said, I look at the downside. It's like, okay, if I fail, this is what could happen. It's like, mm, I could take that risk. Of course. Shit. It's like not that big of a risk. You do it and it's like, if it fails, cool. You try it again, another one. If it doesn't, you're like, shit, do it again. It worked. Repeat it. Boom, boom. Like I want to have like 100 doors in the next 10 years. Like that's just where I want to be. 100 condos, a minimum. Minimum. And like I'm on the program, I'm actually working on building my first condo right now in Princeton. So I am probably gonna get eleven doors on that on the land that got flooded on the house I bought with <laughs> my friend, and then the fucking floods, and it got up to the windows. I was like, oh god damn. So like that's got to get torn down. The house is from 1909, and like I'm like it got it's getting destroyed, but like 
how can I help that city? Rentals. And all this rental stock got destroyed. And like I've already been talking with the city to try to expedite the process. CMHC, they give loans if you put in lower income rentals to help. And like they will help you get the money to build a condo. Like there's all these things you can do if you just like do research and like just to invest and do cool shit. I bought the house for 280 grand. And then like it was a whirlwind that one. Worse than my fucking, the one I bought to renovate. Like, I was like, no, we got a place, had a crackhead tenant who was crazy, like literally a meth lab. And like, everyone's like, you'll never get him out. I'm like, want to bet? Have y'all ever tried buying someone out? And they're like, no, we don't do that here. I'm like, well, I do. And I gave him, I was like, he's paying $500 a month. And I find him on the street. I was like, I'm leaving with my friend. I'm like, I got to find this dude and like, just see if he'll leave before we remove our subjects this afternoon. And we find him like, how much money to go? He's like, oh, I don't know, man. I'm like, how much money to fucking go and never come back? He's like, five grand. And I was like, that's too much. And then we removed subjects. And I was like, I wonder if it'll take like two. So I was like, here, here's 2K cash. You need to leave by the end of the week. He's like, three. And I'm like, three? I'm like, go to the bank. I'm like, but you've promised me you'll be gone by the end of the week. And you will never come back. And you never send your homies around. No one will ever fuck with me. And I'll give you $3,000 cash if you're gone. I'll come back on Sunday. Or it was like Saturday or whatever. And he was gone out. And like, the neighbors were like, how did you do that? And I'm like, did you never even try giving someone money? Like, like we do that in the city. Money makes everything go. If you have enough. And he was gone and then it fucking flooded. <laughs> Didn't even actually just finished the renovation on it. We renovated the coach house and then the floods happened and it literally destroyed it. So. Have you started talking to developers yet? Yeah. What's your construction cost going to look like uh, for that? <laughs> A lot. So I've actually, my business partner makes tiny homes. So that's our next route. So he builds like modulars and like really beautiful modulars. So my business partner, he's like, we're going to do a cost plus and we'll just see if we can get, that's our new thing. Instead of a condo, we want to put on a modular community, all one lot and just have them as rentals. How with big one is or lot? two, uh, Like 9,900 square feet. But I'm like working the plans. You can fit 11? Not not for modular. For a oh. condo, we could do 11. Okay. But I could probably get one, two, three, what was that one? Like five, two bedrooms, plus my coach house. So, and like rents are high as hell that right now. I'm actually supposed to go on Sunday to go show $150,000 detached. That rent for like 11, 1200 bucks a month. And my client wants to buy like all of them. Any realtors out there that are a few years into their business and turning down $500,000 condos? This is a good example, man. You never know when you're going to meet someone that is looking for a $150,000 condo. I sold three or four under uh, under 200000 in my first year. One of them was 129000 and they're some of my favorite clients of all time. Yeah. They've referred other deals to me. They've bought and sold three or four times now. But like... You don't know where it snowballs. And you don't know how much money they may have. Like one of the ones exactly. that just closed, like the guy, like I went to his house, like pick up the commission or not the commission, like the deposit. And I was like, man, this house is sick. And he's like, I know, right? He's like, it's because I buy everything. He's like, I just buy shit. He's like, I just see something I like. And it was a referral again from Alex, who is like, I met him for sale by owner. Getting a divorce, basically. I'm going to take too much. But like, yeah, for sale by owner. And like, it's turned into, we have two properties. Well, I don't know, two or three together. And like he has bought one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and like bought and sold with me. 
And like, we're literally going to go buy a couple more, like in the next couple months. Just we're looking for a flip right now as well. Him and I. When you buy with a partner, do you uh, sign agreements together? Um, <laughs> no and yes. Okay. Not in the beginning, but now yes. Okay. So I have one with someone else, and I got a lawyer to draft a co-ownership agreement. Yeah. Just there's just so many horror stories, and and for the couple thousand dollars that it costs to do this, it's I think it. it's worth it's to worth save it. the headaches down the road. It's worth it, one hundred percent. You've just heard too many stories. I know I have some, but I can't. Partnerships say them. going <laughs> sideways. To, you don't need to share any examples, but like partnerships going sideways, people hate each other, and then they're just like clawing for dollars, right? For <laughs> a few dollars, and it doesn't make any sense. It costs everyone more time and stress, and yeah. it's not worth it. So I, th- I think, I think you should, if you're thinking about buying something with someone else, I think you should talk to a lawyer, get a co-ownership agreement, yeah. outline how you get out of that agreement. Outline if someone wants to sell and the other person doesn't, how that sale is going to go. Yeah. Does the other person get to buy first? All that, all those little details. And also, what happens when you die? Exactly. And like, does it go to your estate or does the other partner get to buy it for or buy the share first yeah. or whatever? I agree. Yeah. Real estate's fun. <laughs> Don't we love it? I want to take a little bit of a left turn here before okay. we finish. <clears throat> how long have you not been drinking for? I'm 608 days, I think. That's that. fucking sweet, man. Yeah. Good for you. And that's like, it's been big, yes. Yeah, I'm proud. It was what? supposed to be, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. It was supposed to be a 30 day, like, just try it and just see. And then I went 30 days and I was like, yeah, let's try drinking again. And I was like, damn, like, I feel like shit. Just like everything, like my mental state, my physical state, like my skin. I mean, I fucking zitty like crazy, but like, this, all the stress from the driving, but like, just. My like spiritual well-being after like 30 days was just weird. It was different. And then I was like, let's, I've never gone longer than 30 days. So I was like, let's try like 60 days. And at 60 days, I was like, holy shit. Like I had this different outlook. Just my life like did a full 360. And that was around when I started buying real estate. I, I quit drinking February 25th last year. Last, yeah, last February 25th. And then like 60 days was like March, April. And then it just, like, my relationship with my mom, like, everything just started becoming better. And, like, I was a lightweight anyways when I drank. So, like, I and I get spins. So I was just constantly feeling like shit when I drank and, like, the next day. And, yeah, 60 days and 90 days. And then I was like, you know what? If I drank again, like, I would be mad that I'd have to go another 90 days to get to where I am. <laughs> yeah. And that's literally what caused yeah. me to not drink again was just how long I had gone and how long it would take to get to that state that I was in at the moment if I had another drink. And that's why I didn't drink again. Literally because of that. Like, it's not just because I didn't, I, I miss it. Like, I want to drink. We talking before, like, I miss champagne. I miss my good wine. But like, I know if I did, I'd be so mad that I have to wait another two years to get to where I am now that I couldn't do it. That's like 10%, no, well, not anymore. It's like 8% of, no, 7, 6% of my life. Damn it, I'm getting older. <laughs> that two years. So like, that's it. It's just simple. Like, again, it's easy. For me, I think. Is there hard times? Like, I think about my normal week. And a lot of it revolves around, like, meeting Drinking. friends or clients or it's hard as family fuck. for a beer. It's hard as <laughs> right? fuck. Because... I, you get the constant, why aren't you drinking? What, are you an alcoholic? And it's like, uh, no, <laughs> but like, thanks. Yeah. And like, I like the world revolves around like social drinking. Totally. And like, 
I don't get invited. I didn't. I, I still don't get invited out to much shit because they're like, well, I don't want you. I'm like, I'm not an alcoholic. I can be around drinks. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, I want to be included in shit. So that was the hardest thing. And then, like, like now I'll go out and I'll buy a bottle at the bar for my friends. Like, we went for my girl. She got married. And shout out to Katie in Phoenix. I spent, like, $300 at the bar just buying, like, bottles of champagne. Like, my favorite fucking champagne, Veuve Clicquot. And, like, I didn't drink any. And I was like, damn, I miss it. But I was like, I'm not gonna. But, like, all my friends can. And then, like, it's fun to be the one who's, like, got a clear mind when everybody's hammered. And I'm just like, y'all, I was this person before. Shit. <laughs> Do you feel like the the mental clarity is continually getting better or did you just get to that like 90 day mark and now you just feel like you don't want to get you don't want to miss that anymore i it's it's got i don't think it can get like to a point where it's like crazy but like my spirituality and like just how i've dialed into like past lives and shit like this whole road trip was like a whole experience in that that's like a whole another ball game but yeah like i just don't want to miss that it's just it's what contributed to my business and to where I've gotten to and like everything in the last two years since I quit drinking. That's probably 80% of the reason why I, I think why I've catapulted to this level of where I'm at. I don't know if I've ever seen you with this much energy. I know. And I'm like off. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I did have a ca- like caffeine, yeah. but like, no, it's just like, even my therapist, he's like, you have ADHD. He's like, you're on meds. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Like, I'm medicated. <laughs> like, this is just, like, natural. Like, I can go out to a bar now and, like, have fun without alcohol, which is really weird. Because, like, I was so antisocial. Like, when I, like, I know it doesn't look like it, but, like, I couldn't even, like, I can't I normally not even go to a bar by myself. Like, I had to have people I knew around me to go out anywhere. And, like, I don't anymore. And, like, now I don't drink. <laughs> Which is weird because I use that as a mask. I think society uses that as like a mask to like be social. Totally. Right? Like we joke about it in real estate. It's like, well, like how many bottles of wine do we go through? Like, like it's stress. It's a stress relief. Right? It is a weird drug, man. It's weird how it's so socially accepted and no other and drug is downer. like that, right? It's like... It's, Marijuana is starting to I become... I smoke weed so- a lot. Yeah. But like, I mean... I can't do anything when I smoke weed. It's my way of like calming. Yeah. But like, I'm going to probably quit that too. Just because it's like, eh, I feel good. But like, I don't get any negative effects. But I'm like, maybe I should just try not doing it. Like, but I don't know. We co- yeah. Like, alcohol is a killer. I do you think. think people can do it and also achieve this like oh, mental yeah. clarity that you have? I think so. I think it's just so. like very controlled. Yeah. Because alcohol is really easy to get into this habit where you like come home from work and you ha- oh crack a beer. Yeah. And then you have a glass of wine with dinner and then you have a scotch after dinner and you're like, yeah. oh shit, I just had six drinks. You know? I know, but like that's socially acceptable. To, uh, 100%. Right? Totally. And like I just started with like a week. I was like, it's not not drink during the weeks. And then like it just, I don't know, it was just so cumulative over like the time. And like the biggest thing was like, like, the body changes, like how my body started transforming and like cravings. Cause when I drank, I would go eat like the fattiest shit. I still eat like shit, but like, cause I smoke weed, but (laughs) (laughs) like I would just eat like just horrendous and like, yeah. So like my body just was like, I don't know. I said, thank you (laughs) a lot. And like a lot of praise from the liver, like just noticeable differences and changes. 
and energy. Energy was the big one. Like just, well, as you can see, right? Like I have a constant supply of energy instead of like an up and down yeah. roller coaster of energy. Like I wake up and I'm like, woo. And I'm like, God damn. <laughs> like, why do I have so much energy? It's just, yeah. What time do you go to sleep? Like, I don't know, between 10.30 and 1. It varies. Yeah. Whenever my body tells me to. And I wake up when my body tells me to. I don't have alarms typically. Ever? No, unless I have appointments. Really? I don't wake up. No, I just let my body tell me what it needs. So what time do you usually wake up? Like between 8.30 and 10.30. Interesting. Like today I had to wake up at 8.15 to go to the gym and I was pissed. <laughs> what do you like, mean you had to though? Why'd you have my to? trainer. I have oh. a trainer because like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I can wake up so damn early. <laughs> People are like, that's like, what time am I at work? And I'm like, well, that's you. <laughs> like if I had a nine to five, I would be fired in a week. Because <laughs> I would have missed it three times and would have been like, fuck this. Like, I probably would have quit before. Like, you're going to make me stay here to five? I go to the office from 11 to like two. And then I'm like, mm, I'm going to go home. And like, I get so much done in those 11 to two. People at the office are like, we don't get it. Like, why do you sell so much? I'm like, because I'm fucking efficient. Like, I know what I'm there to do and I do it. And then I go off for showings. Like, and my assistant kind of does the rest of it. How much of a game changer is having that person? Holy fuck. I, like, oh my God. Like, I. Because this is I, year one with her, right? Yeah, I had an year assistant one. before. You did, but okay. she wasn't that good. Okay. And, like, she was good, but, like, she, this bitch is next level. <laughs> like, and she's virtual. She lives in Alberta. And, like, my God, like. Like I was like we were busy as hell this year and like we brought her on like three months ago and like it's it's I can't even explain how much of a game changer it is. Like I it just Is she full time? No. She just kinda works when we need she needs it. She has other clients and like I pay like a thousand dollars every two weeks and she does literally everything and we're bringing her on more and more. Like, cause I'm trying to go slow because if I don't go slow, then I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Like I, I, like I said, I don't even know like half the shit she does. I don't even talk to her half the time because she only calls me when she needs me or when I need her because like my brain can't handle like half the shit that's in it. Never mind like what she's doing. That's why I don't have a CRM because like, oh I do, but like she handles it. She's like call this person. I'm like thanks. <laughs> like here, do this. Like I don't listen to the CRM. I listen to her. Like my Slack. I have a. Talked to her today, and there's like a whole bunch of messages in there, and she just keeps pinging me. I'm like, huh? <laughs> Got shit to do. I'm catching up. Where'd you find her? I posted on Facebook a cry for help, <laughs> and lo, and she came. I don't, I don't remember who sent her, but someone tagged her, and she was like, "I'm like, let's interview tonight or tomorrow." And she's like, "Okay." And then I was like, "You're good. You're hired." <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, is this real? Like, damn." And then within a week, she had me smartened up. My office was like, you have the best paperwork in the office. Or best, yeah, best paperwork in the office now. I was like, fuck yeah, it was the worst before. I mean, it was there. It was all done properly. But like, yeah, I'm not good at paperwork. <laughs> and now we have the best or some of the best. And like, it's like, I have time now. Like I was working 18 hours a day again. And I was like, I don't want this. It's not healthy for me. This is the last thing I wanted in my industry. In my life was to be constantly working. And we hired her and now I get time off and like I can put me first and like still run my business. And she loves what she does. And that's big because she does it well. And like, I feel you got to love it. No matter what level of the industry you're in, you have to love what you're doing to do it well and to continually do it and be appreciative and actually want to keep doing it. Like, I mean, there's too many things that are not fun in this industry that 
<clears throat> I firmly believe you need to hire out more. Yeah. Hire people that are good at them. Like, I think a lot of people have a problem delegating, especially early in your career. You want to do everything in, like, control freak. When you're year three and you're getting from that, like, point of doing 10 transactions to 20, 25, whatever that may be, and your income's going up and you finally have a little bit of extra income to, like, have some support, a lot of people use that level as, like, selfish. Okay, now it's yeah. time to accumulate and keep as much as I possibly can versus you spend 40 grand hiring... Or no. in your case, twenty four, right? You said a thousand dollars every two. It weeks? varies because she's like basically worse by the hour, right? Yeah. But it, it's such a game changer. Yeah, like, but it also is such a game changer mentally, and yeah. and like the fact that I never have to order strata documents. I know, I know. To, like, I know. Upload it's so photo, simple. Upload photos to Paragon, like oh. all the things that would drive me insane because that's not my personality. I don't want to sit in front of the screen. Yeah. And do like what's your favorite thing to do? Though? I'm curious because like I feel like we all have like this thing that is like really like weird that we like doing in real estate. What's like that one little thing that you love doing? It could be like oh. I'd say I feel the best coming out of conversation, like higher level conversations with clients talking about like their goal. Yeah. So like ga- the strategic game planning with people. Yeah. I really like handling multiple offers too. Uh-huh. It's fun because I feel. I like, watch your videos on it too. It's like I just feel like I got good at that. Through hundreds of them, right? Oh yeah, not, not and you wouldn't have two. just one. You'd have like three in a day, at like, least. Yeah. Like that's like woo, <laughs> crazy. Dude, it, was, it was insane. Crazy. I was watching sixteen, was like, seventeen Damn. was insane. I know. Like <sighs> me and Jamie did one hundred and fifty-seven transactions. I think in seventeen. So that was, but that was months. Like I think uh, I, I can't think even we had, fathom that we had three months in a row that were more than twenty deals. I think it was April, May, June of 2017. I think April might have been our busiest at like 25. And so literally that's every Monday having three multiple offers of our own listings. And then then having a handful of buyers that are writing on other properties. That's crazy. But that's when we figured out like this is not the best customer service. Like people are getting good advice and they're like we're fully there for that situation. Mm -hmm. But we can't go to 27 open houses on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. We're in, I'm doing two or three myself. Jamie's yeah. doing two himself. So if we have 12 buyers that are looking at open houses from two to four, because that's all people will show in those busy years, we can't be with them. And so the customer <laughs> service just wasn't yeah. as good as we wanted it to be. So that's when we started bringing on other people. Yeah, because you said you have four now? No, it's... We have me, Jamie, plus four. Yeah. Realtors. And then Rachel, who is like, Rachel is a wizard in the sky. How long has she been with you? She's going to get really mad if she hears this and I don't say it down to the month. I'm not. Uh, I'm going to say r- around 3.25 years. See, but Just the thing is you get years, one higher and the higher, like it's it's not us that are the reason we're doing so well. It's the people that are with us, we yeah. surround ourselves with. Yeah. Like a one good hire, like, like they'll stay with you forever. And like you treat them well and they treat you well and you just mesh. And like it's those little relationships that like probably what can catapult. My first like five years, we had a girl named Rosa who was phenomenal and was almost like a part time realtor, but also like our office manager. And so she literally did everything from all the admin stuff, but she also would help out with opening doors for inspect and driving around the city to drop keys and pick up deposits and do stuff like that. Yeah. And so she was phenomenal. And uh, when she left our business, we l- hilariously, luckily found Rachel. 
who is just literally a wizard in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's how I feel like my sister right now. And like, it's, we're, we have big plans to grow bigger. Like, I mean, our business has grown every year, which I never really looked at. I had my assistant, I'm like, can you just see what I made every year and like put it all in like a spreadsheet so I can just see like the year over year over year over year growth of the business. She's like, you've never done that? I'm like, I just know it's grown, but like I've never actually visualized it. It went from like 230 to 260 to 320 to like 400 to like, I think we're like f- almost 500 this year. And it's like, okay, I'm doing good. And like, I have worked not less, but I've had more control every year like well, minus the first two and three but like I mean, like we said that three-year kind of make it or break it moment like the top realtors get a grasp on them, their life and move on and start branching out and delegating it out and going to other people for help instead of trying to do it all themselves right like you're still crushing it and you have time to do podcasts you're doing what you love right you're doing fun shit not just like hustle, 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 real estate, right? But I think once you get to the point where you can l- take a step back and look at the in- the business rather yeah. than like, think of like sole proprietor versus like running a corporation. Mm-hmm. They're very different outlooks. That sole oh. proprietor is literally doing everything from washing the dishes to making the chicken burger to serving to washing the, you exactly. know, like it's just a shitty cycle that you're doing everything. But once you can look at it like a business and think, okay, what is my job? But like, what am I really good at? What -hmm. is going to help the rest of this business flourish? What am I shitty at and what do I hate? What takes me more time than it takes Rachel or than it takes whoever, right? And then like putting the right personalities in those places makes me better because I am happier because I get to do what I like. Makes Rachel better because she's getting rewarded for being really good at what she likes. Exactly. Dude, she is hilariously phenomenal. That's crazy. So I, I don't know how, like, my assistant does it. And, like, you're probably the same. I'm like, bitch, how do you fucking get this shit? I can't do my paperwork in an hour. Never mind. You do it in 10 minutes. I'm like, I can't even fill in it. Like, I do my contracts, but, like, I'm, like, going back four times. And I'm like, oh, I got to skip to this. Skip yeah. to this. The price. And, like, I'm like, fuck. Like, it takes me forever to fill out a contract just because, like, I'm constantly jumping around. And, like, she's, like, got my paperwork done. She's like, you need this. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, I'm not even, I'm in it. I'm in web forms right now doing it, too. Like, <laughs> and you've already done it. <laughs> like, like, she's like, I just saw it. Like, I know, like, you. Like, she understands me. Right? There was something she asked me the other day. And I was like, I have no clue because I've never done that. And I don't, ex- don't ever want to do that. And she's like, well, I'm pretty sure Oakland said it's like a requirement. And I'm like, yeah, I have no interest in doing that. <laughs> if you want to do it, go for it. And it was just like a check the box kind of thing. Yeah. Like as you go through a transaction, sign the TRS or some bullshit like that. Oh my God. See, I'm my, like, my office not was like, we need to fill out the TRS. I'm like, bitch, I put the address, I put the price and the completion <laughs> date. That's it. Find everything else. And like on the subject removal forms, lawyer information, put that shit in there yourself. And they're like, that's not how it works. You got to do everything. I'm like, no, I'm not. And my assistant's like, it takes five minutes. It takes me an hour. I'm like, I can't fill like fill in the blanks. It's it's. I don't remember the seller's name. I my biggest pet peeve is like the disclosure of expected remuneration. It's, it's putting the in the seller like the potential buyer. Yeah. Their info. I'm like, yeah. fuck, I don't remember. I gotta go back to the contract, pull that up, copy paste that. Yeah. And like, I hate that. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. So I leave it blank, and then my sister fills it in, and I'm like, I feel so happy having not be. I just put in the commission. And then leave everything else blank. And then my assistant does it real quick and sends it over before we send out the offer. And we're doing multiples. I'm like, thank you. 
Our industry is hilariously old school, Carl, and there's so much tedious paperwork. Oh, the new one. Now we got the non, like you can't go back on your, like your offer, like dates. I don't know. Just add it to the goddamn form we already signed, right? I know. I haven't even looked at that. What is I it? I mean, either. It's like irrevocable <laughs> offer presentations. Yeah. I, I mean, like any agent that it's is not late. an idiot yeah. is already doing that. I know. They're not like signing the DRPO. I'm actually kind of mad because I can't go bully offer now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, damn it. Yeah, but any, any good realtor that you bully offer is just like, no. I almost was going to bully offer a house in Coquitlam today. And I was like, fuck, I can't. Like, I told my client, I'm like, sorry. Like, I feel bad now because, like, we just brought in a new law that we can't bully offer. And she's like, okay, well, we'll wait till Monday. Well, it's not a law. Well, it's a rule. It's a rule, and there's ways around any rule. <laughs> and, there, like, there's things that we do all already that get us around this rule. Not that we're ever trying to screw people, but we're just trying to do what's best for the seller. Exactly. So if we sign a DRPO that doesn't have a time, doesn't have a date, right? Mm-hmm. Then you post that. So people are like, okay, so we can send an offer at any time? Like, yeah, it better be fucking good. Yeah. We're listed at 1.6 and you send 2 million? Sure, yeah, we'll sign that right now. Exactly. Like, and if you send 1.4, okay, here's our new DRPO. We just signed another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's now 8 p.m. on Monday. You know, whatever. I mean, who knows? I guess, There's ways around it. Exactly. I, like, it's... We have a duty to the seller and There's, duty to our client. I heard something, man, like grade nine or something that this stuck with me. Laws are made for the one-offs. They're made for like the outlier. They're not made for me and you. No, me no. and you have no interest of like walking out the street and stabbing the guy next to us. Right? So it's funny because I say this and my friends think I'm an asshole, but the HOV lane, I'm like, I will pay the ticket that saves me time. I only, I exclusively take the HOV lane. My friends hate it. Like, they drive with me. They're okay. But they're like, dude, I saw you in the bus lane the other day. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I'll pay the ticket. I am fine paying the ticket. I'm saving my time. And like, if I get pulled over, I will be like, yes, give me the ticket. I got one HOV ticket. And since I moved to Vancouver and I only take, I take the H, I only take the HOV lane. I got one ticket. I'm like, get an electric car. Then you can no. drive for free. <laughs> I refuse to buy electric. <laughs> Not until they force me to and they only have electric cars. It's better. It's way better. I know. <laughs> the driving experience is better. Try driving my RS3. I've never... How you uh, driving fast cars? I've driven good cars. Did you have a Tesla now, right? I have a Tesla now. The car I had before was a Jag SUV. You had the Jag that was pace, good. right? Was it the electric one? No. Oh. It was gas. This is my first electric car. And it's just better. The whole driving experience is better. It's faster. The... I well, never go to the gas station. I just station. watched a reel about Teslas are quick, not fast. Oh, let's go to the highway right now. I'll kick your ass. <laughs> well, because, like, and it was it, like... Okay, this is the thing about the electric car that the gas car does not do. The acceleration is continuous. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going from zero to 100 way faster than you. Yeah. And you're going slower from 100 to 200 than you are from zero to 100. And I'm going the same speed from 100 to 100. So, like, the quick, not fast, I just watched it this morning, and they were talking about how, like, oh, my God, I wish I could pull it up. But, like, they had, like, the the fast, like, the time trials, and, like, the Tesla won one, and it had to be recharged three times during the day. The Porsche won all, like, 47 out of 50. Tesla won one out of 50, and it was, like, time trials and, like, speed runs. And they're like, it's a quick car, but it's not fast, and it's not consistently fast over time. Like te- the Porsche had to be filled up once in the day. Tesla had to get ch- recharged three times. Yes, it's a great car. I love it. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm like stuck. Mostly because I don't have electric charging and I'm kind of bitter about that. My building won't allow it. So like if they would, maybe I'd have an electric, an e-tron. But I really like, I'm here for a short time. Like 
I want a fun time. Like, I want to be a loud, obnoxious car. Like, you'll hear that car start up and, like, bruh, bruh, bruh. and, like, I love that. Like, I'll, like, rev it in the, my garage and I'm like, mm, this is, like, the good life that I wanted and I dreamed of. Not this fucking Honda Civic. Fair enough. <laughs> like, but I love it. But I will have an electric car one day when it, I don't know. I appreciate the car people who care about that. I just don't. I don't yeah. care about the sound. I don't care about the look. I care about, like, I care about the look a bit of the car. But I care about efficiency. Yeah, because you would have a Prius if you didn't care about the look. <laughs> uh, maybe. Tesla's look good. No, I do care about the look. Uh, but I care a lot about efficiency. And yeah. if I can save money while being more efficient, that sounds better to me. And efficiency means of my time, not necessarily the yeah. environment, because I don't fully <laughs> believe that an electric car is more environmentally friendly I than a uh, gas car. But the fact that I never, ever have to think about going to a gas station... Yeah. I it's really cool. Days, every three days. I spend $100 every three days minimum on gas. <laughs> so that's 900 bucks a month. Yeah. I drive a lot though. Like on my road trip, I felt I think it was like, I stopped counting. I was like, ooh. Like I feel like it was 18 tanks of gas I put in on that road trip. And like I almost ran out twice. Like I was going hard. And like I was like, fuck, there's a gas station. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Put it in drive, like coasting down the hills. And I'm like, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> what, if I, what if I explain it to you this way? Electricity cost me about a thousand bucks a year on the high end. I think last year it was like eight fifty. I mean, I, so I know I you, save. Let's like, say you oh spend my. nine thousand because you just said a, you just a said hundred bucks every three days. Eight hundred to a thousand a month in gas. Thousand a month, more than my okay. car payment. Typically. Let's say ten grand just to be yeah. low. I spend a thousand. Mm -hmm. That's nine thousand dollars. In two years, you could buy another one of those condos. I know, but I also <laughs> value my lifestyle a lot now more than it right because like i've been like this is my dream car and like i want i will get my sister just bought a new car she got like a volvo xc90 I saw it. It hybrid sweet. her dream car yeah it's a comfy fucking ride it's my car nice. is uncomfortable as fuck <laughs> and after driving eight thousand kilometers in the last three weeks i was like i thought i was gonna die like i was like i think i'm getting a hernia like my like from just sitting like in a sports car and i was like holy fuck like, I, I was like, in LA, I'm like, I don't know if I could go further. I'm going to truck this car back and fly home because I'm in so much pain. Like, literally sit like this in a little tiny car. Like, and then I was like, wait, I can put it in drive mode. I can put, like, make the suspension not as hard. And it didn't help much. But it was still fun. <laughs> and I would never do it again. <laughs> but <laughs> I've done it now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I still love driving. But I'll just never, ever. I told myself next time I drive down, it'll be moving down to San Diego. Is that the goal? Yeah. Whereabouts in San Diego? I don't know. Just away from the rain. <laughs> you like the big city? I like San Diego. I have like a like a connection with like past life, which is why I kind of did the drive in San Diego. So like that was where the mental clarity came in with the quitting drinking. Can you and explain like, this past life thing? Oh man, as a kid, like I always I don't know, this may seem weird to like someone who doesn't. Not weird. I'm super curious. Because like when I was a kid, like really young, like I always had like a vision of like palm trees and I grew up in Tumbler Ridge, okay? So like I shouldn't have no, an no ocean palm of palm trees. trees. There's none up there. There's nothing up there. And like my mom was always like, huh, like what the hell? It was, I'd always talk about it. And when I went to San Diego the first time, like I moved to Vancouver to be close to the ocean because I had this connection with it. And I went to LA and I was like, this isn't it, but it's closer. And I was like, palm trees, holy shit. And I flew into San Diego like four years ago and I got off the plane and I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, this is like where that connection is. And I needed to link it in my life with driving. And I drove down to LA once like five years ago and it was a disaster. 
like fucking blizzards. Like I got stuck. Like <laughs> it shouldn't. Like I'm on the I-5, like trying to get to like back home to meet a client. And like I'm stuck in like two feet of snow in like Northern California. Like what the fuck? Like I have a photo of me going like 10 miles an hour in my A4, like in a whiteout and the row is shut down. And I'm like, I'm there's a cliff and like redwoods and like middle of the night after driving for 10 hours, like 15 hours. Like it was insane. So I was like, hey, like I have to do this in my dream car. Like it all lined up everything to like doing this trip. And I needed to link it. And I went to like this beach where I had a, like, I just had a feeling like if I had my phone on, I would show you. But like, I was like, this is it. And I took a photo on my phone just outside my window, like a blurry photo. And it has like the city of San Diego entering San Diego, then Stalana Beach. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I went back and I've always said I'm an old soul. And I walked down. I haven't even posted this on Facebook yet. This is like the thing I want to post. Like, but I'm, I got this whole post I've been drafting up and like, I'm walking to the beach and there was like this artwork, this statue, and it was gone. Like, and it just said, it was like calling for all old souls. And it was like this artwork done. And I was like, what the fuck? And then there was a beach and I was like, holy shit. And my, like, got cold. And I was like, this is, I think is like where that like whole thing has been leading me up to is here. And then connecting it all like in a actual me driving down the coast the whole way to this beach. And it was just, it was wild. Like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's, like, been there as long as I can remember. Where do you think that comes from? Um, I mean, it's just my spiritual, like, I just, like, my mom always told me I had, like, this gift when I was a kid. That's why I'm, I think I'm so good at real estate. I could read, like, someone like that. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just, like, as a kid, like, I remember laying down. Like, that was my last memory. Like, and water going over me and palm trees. And, like, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm 99% sure that that was a connection to some past life, I don't know, in Palm, or in, in San Diego. <laughs> and, like, the, the spiritual connection and, like, the not drinking allowed me to kind of explore that. Because I feel like drink, we drink is a downer. Totally. Right? It brings our mental energy, every the energy. Like, we do it to, re, un, like, to relax and come down. Right? Like, my level is like, woo. Like, <laughs> like it's... Like, I'm on, like, a, my mental levels, like, constantly. I mean, it's also ADHD, but, like, I'm medicated. <laughs> my therapist was like, you need more. <laughs> like, you need to up your medication. <laughs> and I was like, ah, I will eventually, like. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was, this trip was, like, magical, how I can put it. 8,000 like kilometers. Everyone said I'm crazy. I want to be the one that's crazy. If people are saying I'm crazy, you're, oh, my God, you're insane. Why the hell would you buy a condo with someone you just met? I know I'm doing something right. If the me, everyone, the general population thinks I'm insane, then I'm doing something good. That's how my brain works. I have no uh, <laughs> clinical experience. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I mean, it's my, dude, my assessment is you seem super happy. You seem I like am. full of energy. You seem really excited about what you're doing. You I seem am. like finally, I totally. Am. You seem free. You seem confident. Yeah. I don't know why you'd want to add more bullshit to that. In terms of medication, but like I mean, it, it helps like me concentrate my my ADHD meds. Right, I need them. I got mm. like, but no, it's I am. I love what I do, and I love what I've done, and like I'm building a legacy that I want, like, for just my name. Like I just want people to know who I was and what I did, and like I've got a charity and that's starting up soon and everything. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, I've actually met with someone. Like, yeah, it's there's a lot of crazy shit going on. And like, 
yeah, it all started from this little Tumblr Ridge shit. Yeah. Exciting. Next three years. Next time I'm on this podcast, who knows? <laughs> It'll be sooner than three years. Yeah. What's the third time now? We'll be back here regular now. Where was it the first time? Where did we do it? New West office? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. Now it's in a $2 million house. Next time we're... you come back, it'll be uh, full setup. That's your job. We'll have the feature wall. <laughs> we'll have the uh, neon sign put up. What's it say? Oh. That's a DDP logo. I see it. Oh, damn. <laughs> That'll be sick. <laughs> That's pretty wicked. Well, thank you very much for coming back, man. Thanks for having me again. If your goal is to want people to know who you are, I fucking know who you are, and I respect the hell out of you. I appreciate And I appreciate, even though we don't talk too, too much, I appreciate our friendship. And I, I mean, appreciate we catch up everything that we need to catch up for on this. I appreciate right? how easy like, these conversations are and how fun they are. Yeah, me too. I love it. I respect the hell out of you, and I'm excited about uh, all the good shit you're doing. I respect you too. Do you want to buy a condo in Tumblr? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you sold it pretty hard, and I'm pretty excited about it now. I got three on the go right now. I'm Googling Tumblr Ridge right now. <laughs> You won't get much. <laughs> it's just a There's nothing there. I'm going to call one of the realtors tomorrow morning, Carl. They'll be like, sorry, Walker's my guy. <laughs> Anything that comes up, he's going to pay me more than you, so screw you. <laughs> That's cool, though. I like that you're, uh, I mean, I don't have a story like that. I wish I kind of did because it sounds cool. But What's the, like, Just create one. Just got to just... I mean, Totally. Do, it's though. different for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Not everyone's linear. My everyone's story's different, different right? Yeah. Like my... My, like, I grew up in Greater Vancouver. I went to high school here. I've always been in the city. I really like and I appreciate the upside potential of the city. And I always yeah. said, even as, like, a high school kid, I'm like, why don't more people live here? Like, yeah. why am I looking at New York TV shows and seeing $25 yeah, million dollars for a condo? I know. This city seems better than fucking New York. It's I know. It's so cold there. And, yeah. yes, their infrastructure is way ahead of ours. And, yes, their history is way ahead of ours. But, like, we have world-class mountains. We have pretty good beaches. I know. They don't really have any of that. No, they don't. Like, that's why I always said, I moved here. Like, I was like, why are you in Vancouver? I'm like, it's the best place to be in Canada. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I live anywhere else? Like, there's nowhere else better. I want to, I go for quality. Why would I leave? Why would I go anywhere? There's, like, other than San Diego, there's a really, to me, like, that's Vancouver in the U.S. <laughs> Literally, exactly. it feels exactly, exactly like Vancouver. <laughs> exactly. yeah. It's just there's just warmer <laughs> and there's palm trees. I know. <laughs> it just doesn't rain as ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't here. It seems like it, but <laughs> it's supposed to be on Friday. I know we're tunes will change in a week. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna fuck. <laughs> we're gonna, this place sucks. Go to San Diego. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. You got a great sister. Yeah, I do. She's in New York City right now. Speaking of the devil, so not anymore. She's not. No, she's like. What time is it? <laughs> she's probably over top of Alberta right now. Exactly. <laughs> Worst place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.